Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. It's number 255. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And we're getting in, our, in our, our time travel machine, and we're going to go back to 2009 and start with Taylor Swift and Kanye West. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's been that long. We're still, it, it's, we're still talking about Kanye and Taylor Swift. Like in the same story, or is there? There's not two- not in the same story, but like they they were both in the news today in very political ways this time. Obviously, with with Taylor Swift coming out uh, as not a Trump supporter, much less a white supremacist like some might uh, like to believe. And we've known that Kanye has been a fan of Donald Trump's, but now he's gone all out. Wait, wait. Well, okay, what's all out? I haven't heard anything new besides Saturday Night Live shit. He sat, he, he sat down with him today. He oh, gave him a shit. hug. You guys missed this? <laughs> like, he was in the Oval Office. Didn't he already with, meet with, with Trump re- and do all this shit? With reporters all around him talking about how, yeah, he's, well, he had his photo op. Kanye the, West uh, gave a Oval Office monologue? Yeah, he, he did. You're absolutely right. He did previously have a photo op with Trump in the Oval Office. He's met him before. He was in the Oval Office. But this was like full court press around them. While he's rambling about some nonsense and talking about how his his MAGA hat gives him superpowers, it makes him feel like Superman. We can play some of it. I have, and uh, I believe a piece of it. Illegal guns is the problem, not 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 legal guns. We have the right to bear arms. Okay, so this is a all right. So it's an eight second clip. It's saying I guess the NRA loved that part. Which, why wouldn't they? Oh, okay. Let's see if I can find the full rant. Oh, no, I mean, there's no full rant. I mean, we'd be here all night listening to him babble. Is he still babbling now? He, Just live, he is, live feed from C-SPAN? He talks about how the, like I said, the, the mega cap gives him superpowers. Doesn't really explain what that means, but it has something to do with him not having a father figure in his life for some reason. So Donald's daddy? Yeah, that's basically how he painted it. Without coming out and saying it, he looks at Trump as some kind of you surrogate father figure. What about if I'm Jay-Z? I'm pissed. Jay-Z took him under his wing when he was a young kid. Saw some talent. Cultivated that talent. Like that's like kind of something that the father generally does. Your father type figure? I like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's competition right now for who's gonna be Kanye's father figure. Well George Michael's dead, so he's out of the running. Yeah. Okay. So I guess more Kanye being Kanye? Or is this just it Kanye it is most Kanye. Like he he went to the Kanye knob and turned it to eleven? Oh, it was all the way up, yeah. Oh, here we go. It starts the I got from C N B C I got the closed captioning on it. It starts with his his mega hat rant. I mean, I've noticed you keep using the word rambling over and over and over. Is this 
Like, it, it, is he coming off with someone like untreated ADD or something? Or is this the exact same rambling he was doing back with the George Bush don't care about black people shit? Where he's just like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I don't, and it, like, like stream of consciousness almost. I put this hat on and made me feel like Superman. Well, here's a taste. God, and it's all they said because it's one of these new millennial videos where they have to cut, chop everything up. Jesus Christ! Oh, that's it. All right, okay. Yeah, it's it's all in clips. So, all right, whatever. That's, that's fine. We'll we'll move on. Do you, you don't have a transcript or anything? I'll try to find one. So, yes, it's rambling. Not like I'm going to finally speak my mind. It's rambling. Like I don't think anyone. There there were times in the in that room where you knew that nobody had any idea what he was talking about and they're just nodding along. There you go. Something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. That's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cape for me. (laughs) Also, as a guy who looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, who looks up to American industry guys, not political, no bullshit. Put the bleep on it. However you want to do it. Five seconds delay and just goes in and gets it done. Right now, you gave me the heart to go to Adidas because at Adidas, when I went in in 2015, we were a $14 billion company losing $2 billion a year. Now we have $38 billion market cap. It's called the Yeezy effect. And I went to Casper. We had a meeting in Chicago, and I said, you, you have to bring manufacturing onshore, not even onshore, into the core. It's not about the borders. The core of Adidas in Chicago is the core of middle America. We have to make middle America strong. So I have the balls. I have the balls to put on this hat. I, so what did, I felt what like did I was rambling while reading it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like there, I under, there was a point there that he thinks that there's a certain power that he gets from putting that hat on, but none of what followed backed up any of that or made anything. It was. He sounds like uh, he sounds like Trump. You know, Trump makes a statement and then. He has nothing to back it up, so he talks about himself and things that he's done and his personal finances, and then he repeats that statement again, like he made a point. Yeah, he. He also said sounds like he was in the in the Oval Office, which upset some people. I don't give a fuck about that. Right. Fuck them motherfuckers. How about that? There, you'll get offended about that. At this point, you've had an intern blowing people. You've had how many? I don't know how many Kennedys fucking in that place. Give me the, give me a fucking break, okay? Like, like it's some sacred uh, sanctuary or something. But anyways, I I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to decipher this. I'm get because he sounds like he's in the middle of a manic episode. I guess he's trying to equate. He feels like the MAGA hat gave him strength and courage and whatever the fuck. And then he does a hard pivot into. We need to make Middle America strong, the same way the MAGA hat gave him strength. I don't. I that's as close as I can come to trying to pick up his train of thought. Just wonder I, if this is just a contrarian being a contrarian. I, so I think the MAGA hat gives him the power to push other people's buttons the way that he likes to. And you know, honestly, there's a part of me that really sympathizes with Kanye. Um. You know, even aside from the idea that maybe there's some kind of mental illness or something that should be medicated there, I uh, I feel like 
if somebody just suddenly handed me like a bunch of money and attention and power, I don't know that I, I feel like I could go off the deep end like Kanye did. That's it. That's it. He didn't just get handed this. He said money and power for like a decade and a half. He should be used to this by now. Um. Well, I mean, I guess not everybody can handle it. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe Kanye's just Kanye, and the money hasn't made any difference. I mean, from what little I actually know, uh, it does seem like you know, people have said that he's a different person now than uh, than Kanye before he really blew up. But I don't know. I it's this idea that well his. Dirty secret too is, and everyone kind of likes to gloss over this. He really didn't grow up like he likes to say he grew up. Oh, I don't care about any of that. I'm not talking about like if he's like authentic gangster from the streets or or any of that shit. That that means absolutely nothing. No, that's. I don't think but, it's more. I don't think. See, I think you're oversimplifying it. I don't think it's he. He, he wants people to think he's some sort of gangster. I think he wants him to think he had some sort of struggle that he didn't because he grew yes. up solidly middle class in a solidly middle class Cliff Huxtable without the date rape home. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's that's but I mean, well, that's that's the new version of a studio gangster is now is like, you know, oh, we struggled, you know, and it's like, no, you didn't. Not right. really. I, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, his mom died getting plastic surgery. The fuck out of here. You I, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I feel like the MAGA hat is part of him trying to break out of the box that people want to put him in. Right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, like, it's, it's, like, any, like any consumer or label or anybody involved in the music industry, they look at an artist, they go, this person is this, and this is where we can slot them, this is how we can promote them, this is who we can group them with. You know, they're they're immediately looking at this person as a commodity. And, you know, I think that's a a big part of a lot of his rambles. I mean, when he actually does make sense is when he's talking about not wanting to be put in that box, not wanting to be labeled. And I think this MAGA hat is just another extension of that. This is like a big shiny red button that he can push to get everyone's attention and also blow up their preconceptions of what he should be. It's, it's contrarian being a contrarian. I mean, it's yeah. Rich and I, I do a podcast of one every week, and you guys do a podcast of one every Thursday. I'm sure we're all familiar with the concept. Like it's just he just likes to be that guy who just goes against the grain because he wants to because because he does. Like yeah, but there's a difference. There's there's the guy who who doesn't have like a strong opinion about something, but will take the other side to argue it maybe just for argument's sake. I think, which I don't find any problem with arguments for argument's sake, actually, but that's, that's the show's bread and butter. So we do that every th- Thursday. I think that, uh, that Kanye is looking for specific things that will, I don't. He's, not that he's not that he's just going to be the contrarian, hey, but he's going to look for things that are the opposite of what people want to label him hey, as. You know what? Mission accomplished. We're on like minute thirteen of talking about Kanye and what he did. <laughs> you know, like well, that's. I'm, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, what's the mission? What do you mean, mission accomplished? I'm not going to buy any of his albums. No, I don't think this conversation is going to make anyone go pushing buttons, I, talking about him, getting him in the conversation. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. You know, I'd, I bet you he's gotten more yeah. screen, more. Uh, insert a joke about a black person getting lots of screen time on Fox News here. Because he's probably gotten more screen time on conservative news outlets than any black person in quite a while. And I'm sure right in, I'm sure right now there's people on the left losing their shit because Kanye, Kanye wore a mega hat. So it's, mm-hmm. everybody's talking well, about him. But I yeah. wonder. He's, he's, uh, everything that, everything that the, the so called progressives accuse the Republicans he's of. He's a traitor. He's a Judas. He's a race traitor. He's, uh, uh, he's a token. Um, well, he like, does. He's Trump's he black friend. That. Yeah, yeah. Every, everything, everything, everything that, that the, 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 the so called progressives hate about the right, they are now saying about Kanye. But meanwhile, they're talking about how, how brave. Taylor Swift is because you know she come out as Democrat in the in, in the music industry. Ooh yeah, which, which is to me is about as brave as walking in, uh, you know, with a shaved head to a Klan rally. Yeah, it was real brave. I, when entertainer you don't came get, out as a liberal. Well, you, you don't get points for that from me. He so Kanye said something specifically about this in the Oval Office today, and maybe you can find the exe- the transcript of the the quote because I'm going to murder it, but I. I I can get across his basic point. He said that a lot of the pushback that he was getting from wearing the hat, people were telling him, you know, you're supporting a racist, that Trump is a racist. And his pushback on that was, you think racism scares me? You think that any of that scares me? I'm bigger than that. And basically, not not saying like, no, you don't understand him. No, he's not a racist. It was almost like him saying like, yes, I know this man's a racist. That's fine. Like, not that that's fine, but like there's, <laughs> he's not going to let that get in the way of the, what he sees as good qualities of Trump. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm i kind of curious as to whether this would, I, no one can ever know, but are these real thoughts that he's having or was this just bluster in the moment when he was in the room because he really didn't have any response or comeback for why he would support people uh, support somebody in a group of people that uh certainly a lot of his fans think is uh are racist i i couldn't tell you no nobody can just like i can't tell you i just like i can't tell you why for decades there was pictures of donald trump with the clintons with you know al sharpton with oprah smiling with their arms around each other at these functions and then all of a sudden you know he's he wants to stuff them all in ovens if you're not blonde haired blue eyed you know white boy or girl so i i don't i don't know i ha- i have no idea and here's the thing i don't think he I, I this is i do i do agree with people who just so happen who have also said that he's you know a token and blah 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 and all this shit I, I do think there's some underlying mental issues there. I really do. I've, I've Kanye, seen, yeah. yes. I mean, I've seen firsthand bipolar people, mm-hmm. and he reminds me of them to the point where it's I almost cringe when I when I see him. Yeah, he's a. I mean, I think we only see him in his manic phase. I'm sure he has a depressive phase, but his manic phases, yeah, they ring uh, very familiar to me you know and i it, i think that goes to the you know this the celebrity worship and the yes yes personism we have of 
no one in his entourage, no one in his crew is going to step up and say anything because then they're fucking with their meal ticket. Yeah, the good times are over. Kanye gets help. You know, so... Crazy pays the bills in that house. That, that's, yeah, and that's kind of... In, in, that, in that aspect, I feel sad for I feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's he's ultimately being taken advantage of by people that just... They obviously don't care. I mean, if you if you are friends with someone and you came up with them and you both were whatever, not <clears throat> not dirt poor, but you know, you both come from a working class or you know lower middle class or working poor family, and then one of you hits it, and he and the one who 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 hits the big time takes you along for the ride, and you see this person start to deteriorate. In my mind, it's not even a choice. I don't give a fuck if the gravy train stops. They need to get some help, and I'm gonna tell them that. And if they tell me to go fuck myself, then, well, you know what? I can, I can at least lay my head down with as clear of a conscience as I can have because I didn't contribute to this. Yeah, but the, the reasons why he doesn't seek help, if he does, I mean, I don't even know. We don't know. He could be uh, seeking help. He could be trying to get a grip on this problem, but it doesn't seem like it and the reasons why are, are multiple I mean first of all he lives in America also he's a man he's also black and he's filthy rich I mean we already you covered perfectly the reasons why somebody who's filthy rich wouldn't seek help because nobody's around them to tell them hey you better straighten up America has horrible uh, consideration for mental health in general Men are horrible about seeking help, and black people are—I mean, I don't—they're just not as likely and to seek help. He's right? also considered a quote-unquote artist, so isn't the eccentricity, you they, know, part of the gig? Absolutely, absolutely. And there's well, this fear that you you start meddling with the brain chemistry, then the hits stop coming out. Well, I think you're absolutely right Even about. Oh, I think they already stopped. I think you're absolutely. It's been a while. I think, I think you're absolutely right about uh, it being kind of. There's a stigma that you know men don't go to therapists, men don't sit and talk to people about their problems. That's what you go to the bar for, and you you pour booze on it and talk to your boys until they just admit you're broken. Or or especially black men. Well, I was going to say because and you know I remember clear as day when Biggie's first album came out and he was talking openly on his you know he was rapping about feeling suicidal and shit on his first album and there were people that were like in the the music press like we don't know how to deal with this this isn't like the typical bravado that you find in hip-hop in that time period was there but he was also talking about like you know just fucking sucking on the the business end of a gun Mm -hmm. and the only the only song that really done that to that point had they had even gained as much popularity as that is mind playing tricks on me by the Ghetto Boys? Try to think of a of a of a of a mainstream hit in hip hop mm-hmm. that that talked about suicide, mental illness in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I mean they just weren't there. So it's it's, I mean it's and it's something that's it. It also makes me think about. Um, I wish I knew the reference, and Rich, you might know this one, but there was a there's an actual uh, gangster someone who was involved in the mob who was asked about 
uh, The Sopranos, and they're basically like, "Oh, I I enjoy the show well enough, and it you know it's it's a fun drama, but like I can't really get on board with the premise of the fact that this guy goes to see a, a therapist and survives, like." There's no way in real life. No, wasn't it on? No matter no matter who that guy was, like it was one on Adam Carolla, wasn't he? And he and he's going to be killed. Like he's going to be knocked off by his own family if they find that shit out. Yeah, that's what he was saying. He was saying he's like, yeah, he's like that's nice, but in yeah, in reality, they find out you're seeing a shrink, you're gone, and so is the shrink. Well, yeah, I mean the the the, the risk of something being said that shouldn't be said in their mind is just too high, period. End of story. I, think that's, I think that's the reasonable answer given, but there's, I think, a very emotional answer to that as well, which is this person is unfit to lead because they are seeking help. They, they are weak. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the big thing, right, that the stigma it's not that there might be something wrong with my brain that could be fixed with by talking out with somebody or through medication or something like that. It's that you are just in that position to have to ask for help. No, that you don't want to admit you're, you're, you're vulnerable. Yeah. And I, I'm not just talking about, you know, a mob boss or the Sopranos or anything like that. I think that's a stigma that exists for men all across America and especially black men. Well, I mean, it's, it's, if you, if you stop and think about how, <clears throat> how people low key attack black, like black males, mm-hmm. case in point, anytime something, okay. Sag in your pants. What's the first thing every, every, you know, can't really tell, but I'm pretty sure they're racist family member or person, you know, says when someone starts talking about sagging pants, it's code oh. for wanting to be ass fucked. Yep, yep. That, that's 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 gay because code. that's that's what that's what gay people did in prison to say right. that they were open to get you know fucked up the butt. Right. Okay? So and then when and then it's when it's like sh- a quick uh, double insult. You're saying that they went to prison and they liked being fucked in the ass while they were there. But to these people, black people in prison go together like you know chocolate and peanut butter. Right. They're two great tastes that taste great together. That's just mind. where they make them. Yes. <laughs> Then, then about like a factory, <laughs> then about 10, nine, 10 years ago when swag, which is nothing more than short for the word swagger, mm-hmm. that's it. And I can tell you exactly when it hit the public consciousness, Chris, if you stop and think about it, you can too. If you ever watch this 30 for 30, the you, they were talking about, we came on the field with so much swagger. And then a couple of the guys said, yeah, we come on the field with so much swag, the other team didn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Because that's just what the fuck we did. And then, boom, everybody was saying it like two weeks later. Well, here come the usual suspects saying swag stands for secretly we are gay. <laughs> really? Which That sounds like yes. some fourth, fifth grade bullshit. Swear to God. <laughs> Swear to God. All the usual dumbasses in my family posted all these fucking articles and memes about it. And I'm just like... If I'm a black man, not only am I under attack from from you know certain elements of police, society, the world, my own people. Now I got people who I will never meet, who will never talk to anyone. You know what's the Rage Against the Machine song? Rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. These people ain't seen a black person since their grandparents bought one. You know now I got to now I got to deal with fucking people who, who never even did, sir brown skin. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 
But, you know, you got to deal with people who won't even drive through their fucking neighborhood, lock the door if they're on the, the freeway driving past their neighborhood. Like, they're going to somehow get out because black people are so fast, can run 75 miles per hour to hop in their car and kill them. That's true. Are saying this bullshit. And it's like, I understand why they're, like, hypersensitive about, you know, I can't be perceived as weak or a punk or any of this. Mm-hmm. Now, now, is that good for a community as a whole, fuck no. But it's not on them alone. It's not on that community alone that's the way they are. Now, there's plenty of people in the, in, the, in the black community that add to their own fucking problems. All right? And we've already established that since we're just a bunch of fucking honky-ass, cracker, gray meat, motherfucker, honky mofos, we ain't got a right to fucking say nothing about it. But that don't, that don't change the fact that I'm, that I'm right about this. But... This bullshit, I can understand why it can make some people fucking fold under pressure. <coughs> and I think, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I was trying to hit the, the mute button, but I couldn't get to it. Um, and I think when it comes to Kanye, I think this, it's, it's, it's a strain on him for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That he's seen as like middle class, you know, producer kid who just kind of, you know, made his way into the rap scene, et cetera, et cetera. I think this it, it fucks with him because he's like, you know, I'm not I don't have the struggle story that everybody else has. I don't have that I don't have that origin story that that so many fucking you know MCs do these days. Right. Everybody's but, got one these days. I think part of the mega hat is like him showing that he can break from the middle class into that upper echelon where only people like Trump exist. Yet, kind of, you know, like black people can make millions of dollars and be, you know, athletes and stars and be in movies and all that. But how many of them get to that like Oprah level kind of power? Well, yeah, he combines his wife's money with his getting close. God, I got to believe his wife is worth more than him. And if and if she's not, it's only because of his productive. The production credits and residuals he gets from those. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Didn't we discover he is like the what one of the most uh, awarded Grammy winners ever, and it's mostly production. Yeah, like he has a fucking just a he he has like a wheelbarrow full of Grammys. Yeah, I mean, and that that, that, that goes back well, to the whole the original incident with him and Ter- uh, Taylor Swift of, hey, I, I look how decorated and awarded I've been. My opinion should matter more than anybody's. So Kim Kardashian is worth three hundred fifty million. Her fucking stupid sister is worth nine hundred million dollars. That is ridiculous. <laughs> well, well her, you sister's, know, I, her sister's smart. She put her name on a makeup kit. That's how she made it all. But anyway, sorry. I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you guys saw the story. I'm sure you've heard the story about the kid. I forget what city it was in, but it was some local kid who missed his bus knocked on a door to try and figure out directions to the school and was met with a shotgun. Yes. Uh, Rochester, I believe. Rochester, yeah. East side? Yeah. They had the trial today. The video, they showed the the video. There was a a guy had a security cam up that showed his, uh, the kid walking up, like the story had, was, was told to us, that he was walking up with his hands in his pocket. Looking like a fucking kid. I mean, he's got a fucking backpack on and shit. He's not, like, thugged out in some way or, like, you know, even that has any aggressive body language. Uh, he walks up to the door, knocks on it. 
the wife comes to the door. He's trying to get directions to find out where the school is. And she's like, I caught Actually, I take that back. I think he walked up to the door. He didn't knock on it. She opened it before he could knock, right? So then she thinks that he's trying to break in because that's how his break-ins happen, right? Guy walks up to your front door in the middle of the day and stands in front of it until you open it. <laughs> and <laughs> so she, sa- she and he, says, and he says, like, "Little pig, little pig, let me in." Right. <laughs> so he's trying to explain what he that he needs directions. She's accusing him of trying to break into their house. Yells for the husband. He hears the shotgun cock. I think because he reacts to something, or he gets a glimpse of it and takes off running. And here comes shirtless dude steps out onto the porch takes aim with the shotgun of this kid running away from him and fires at him hey props to the kid white guy with shotgun shit i'm out of here yeah it's a good thing he had good reaction time well he's he's fast didn't we cover this earlier come on so the uh the the video shows all this we kind of knew the story before this is the i guess the first time the video is coming out now because of the the trial but also the testimony. They had uh, some footage earlier of uh, somebody was interviewing the homeowner. I believe it was uh, it was an officer, and he was asking him about the incident and saying, "Okay, well, why did you shoot?" You're right. That that is the big question here. This, the kid was running away from you. Why do you feel justified that you would? To, to actually fire your weapon at him. And he said that the, the man, the homeowner, paused, took a drink of water, and said, I'm tired of being afraid. Of what? You live in Rochester Hills, for starters. There's not much to be afraid of in Rochester Hills. Worked there for several years. What are you afraid of? I guess that's the question, isn't it? But that's what I mean when I say that conservatives play this victim card just as well as the Democrats do. Yeah, it's in a different oh, God, way. Yeah. That's <clears throat> that's playing the victim. It's from the same deck. Aaron, it's just a different way. Play, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're if you're political or not. It doesn't matter one iota about any of that. If you do not play the victim these days, you are seen as stupid because. It's been the door has been fuck kicked open. They strapped, open C- with yeah, they strapped they strapped C four to that motherfucker and obliterated the door. And so anybody can walk through at this point in time. Dental records won't even identify the door at this point. I mean, and I, I I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. Like that's if you don't play the victim and you go no I fucked up I take personal responsibility for what I did etc cetera, etc. Cetera, watch the news. Watch people's response to that. Read people's responses to that in, in, the, in, in the, uh, 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 the comment sections. They don't know how to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, and here's yeah, the thing. The, the I, comments I, I, be like, that's not good enough, and we don't accept your apology. Or, or it's the bitch move. That's the other angle that's given. Oh, you took the bitch. You bitched the, out. Yeah. Yeah. You should stand up for what you believe in. Like when... Like how and other people, some people try and tell other people what they believe in. Like we know what you believe and what you mean. Just say it. Like well, I- like Taylor Swift. There is a lot. You know, Taylor Swift has until this week not talked about politics. Has managed to keep out of it completely. 
And I'm sure that's helped her gain her wide audience of young girls, gay guys, and at one time, I guess, country music fans. Yeah, but she was country uh, when she first came out, allegedly. Right. But there was, a, there was this belief that Taylor Swift was sending out signals of support for the alt-right, that she was one of them, which was, I mean... They picked the right person to put that on because they, you know, they knew that she just wasn't the type of artist to speak out about her politics until now, until she came out against Trump and disappointed many people. Yeah, I, I, a liberal. It's, I'm sorry, an entertainer came out as liberal. Ooh, why are we shocked? <laughs> right. Well, because she has blonde hair and blue eyes and no ass. She got to be because conservative. You're, fi- you're finding out that. It's a lose-lose situation, especially coming from her coming up playing so-called country music and how those fans tend to skew politically. It's a can't-win situation for her. She's going to piss off some of her original fans who are going to go, well, I'm not listening to that anymore. And she's going to be lumped in with the Dixie Chicks. And, yeah, she's going to get love from you know the, the, the younger crowd, the more you know open-minded crowd. But... Man, if you look at if you look at what music sells, country's right up at the fucking top. I mean, she, yep. I'm not saying that like ultimately I think she's going to be fine because she has firmly crossed over and entrenched herself into pop music and and pretty much left the country genre, you know, the the curly-haired Taylor Swift with the, you know, the barefoot and the in the petticoat junction pretending to play a guitar. Yeah, those days are gone. She's up there with a tight skirt showing, like, you know, Chris said, the back to her front because she has no ass. And, you know, that's that's what she's known as now. That's her bread and butter now. But it's still it's a lose lose situation. Why would she come out? Unless she feels strongly about it, I can I think it was probably a very smart decision on her part to keep her mouth shut this long. I think business wise, yeah. yeah. But I think also when you have as much money as she does, you can make the decision and be like, okay, so I don't make as many millions of dollars if I come out, but I feel better because I've spoken my mind. And she did inspire quite the rush to uh, 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 the quite the rush of people registering to vote afterwards. Yeah, and uh, in Tennessee, there was what a six hundred percent increase in voter registration that's all across what- the all across the U.S. A huge uptick in voter registration and that's a good thing uh, also too uh, uh well that's my bread and butter Sh- somewhat shitting on this point this week also was the deadline for if you want to vote in the midterms you have to be registered yep. so she did help with the last minute push that was already going on but she made it she made it bigger yeah well, i mean like i said if that's what she wants to do but i also she's firmly got both feet on the pop side of the line yeah well yeah because remember the the dixie chicks fucking vaporized yeah, they fucked up. They got they got a few videos on VH1, and all of a sudden thought that they had, you know they were impervious, and that CM didn't matter if CMT didn't play them anymore. And the yeah, problem was, no, it mattered. Just because you had a few few videos on VH1 doesn't mean that adult contemporary stations were playing you like VH1 did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and they found that out real quick. Taylor Swift's a decade into her career. Yeah, you're, she's in. Yeah, she's now a, a pop star. She's no longer a country music star. She can afford to lose, you know, that section of her fan base, I guess. 
because it, it, it's no longer it, the whole piece of the pie isn't coming from country music fans anymore. Right, they're not buying her current stuff anyway. Yeah. So what's the what's the worst is going to happen? They're going to chuck her old CD out of their F one fifty, the one they've already bought and paid for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the conservative way to protest, apparently. Yeah, is just, to destroy things you've already paid for. <laughs> yeah. Take that. I'm throwing $100 in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand that. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> but, I mean, that goes, that's, a, that's a grand tradition for morons because that goes back to the, the Beatles album when, the Beatles, when, when, when Lennon said, we're bigger than Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, all those people that owned all those Beatles albums, nope, got to burn them, got to steamroll them. Well, You've already given them your money. <laughs> Do you think they give a single fuck at this point? No, right. they don't care. John Lennon snorted cocaine with one of the dollar bills he made from you buying those albums last night. Right? It was or the uh, what was the radio station? Was it in Chicago where they had the uh, come out and burn your disco records? Yeah, uh, Steve Doll Disco yep. Demolition Night. Yeah, the Disco Demolition Night, which happened at a time when I'm sure like. It, any of the serious artists making anything related to disco at that moment were probably already trying to transition and figure mm-hmm. out what the next thing is. Yeah. Well, disco jumped the shark yeah, when Do You Think I'm Sexy got made. Let's be honest. When Kiss released the disco album, that's when everyone yeah, knew it was yeah. over with. I, I think I agree with Rich's point more. <laughs> Emotional rescue, all right? If you guys have ever heard that turd. That was the sign disco was over. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I had, I'm, I'm not a big Kiss fan whatsoever. And uh, outside of, you know, the songs you have to know because they're on the radio growing up, I had never heard that I was made for loving you song. Oh, that song is so awful. And I was like, is this Kiss doing disco? I used to have to play that in classic rock radio. On like you know on block party weekends or whatever when we'd go into the deep catalog. Oh my uh, god, that's. I would try yeah. to skip that song. I would get yelled at by so many program directors. Like I don't care. The song sucks. I'm not playing it. Now, now while I am hitting the button, you are raping my ears. Yeah, sir. I will pick another Kiss song. <laughs> I will still play a Kiss song. I will just play something else. I will play she. Yeah. I will play anything <laughs> else. <laughs> but I'm not playing this bullshit. I will play Beth. <laughs> but yeah it's i i i mean i guess good for her and if she got more people to go out and register etc cetera, etc cetera, good for her you know even more so she actually was productive with what she did um but like i said i'm just like i don't see it as like oh this was so brave so stunning so brave yeah i'm like it's not i'm sorry it's just not you're preaching to the choir at this point, sweetheart. All right. I mean, how about ten years ago you do this, and we'll see how brave that is. Yeah, I, I didn't hear her. I didn't hear her coming out and supporting Romney in 2012. <laughs> yeah, but you know, even then, let's but, be honest. Even then, supporting Romney in 2012 wasn't as bad as just going right after the election. Hey, why why don't we like give Trump a chance before we shit all over him? Because everyone who did that, up to and including. Dave Chappelle got shouted down for doing that. So, I mean, we're in, we're in, we're in some uncharted waters as far as, yeah. I, at least in my lifetime, well, I've never seen anything like this. 
You know, it's it's not just the possibility of losing some sales that that she's confronting by coming out against Trump. I mean, she's also inviting a lot of abuse. Yeah. Well, <sighs> is, is this where we're supposed to make a shake it off joke? <laughs> yeah. Nice. You picked the one Taylor Swift song I did know the name to. <laughs> I don't know why either, but I know the name of that song. <laughs> Didn't it turn into like a big meme or something? People covering it or something like that or lip syncing uh, to it? I don't know. I just wonder why it's even in in my mind that I know that it's song. Probably the three, it's probably the longest three guys in their 40s have talked about Taylor Swift ever. We, uh, may, have, we may have to submit no, this show to Guinness. There's a, there's a scene in the first season of Ballers where uh, The Rock is singing the Taylor Swift song and doing a little dance to it. Oh, man. Okay. I'm watching it off his shoulders dance. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's, that's it. it. Yeah, I like Ballers. That's a damn good show, actually. Season finale of this last season just, uh, just aired. And did you guys know that the guy playing Ricky Jarrett is uh, Denzel's son? Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, that's why he's so good. Yeah, they kind of took a uh, they kind of took a hard left out of nowhere. Like I went into this season expecting it to be more entourage with jocks. Mm-hmm. And they decided to go like all types of we're throwing our hat in the political ring on a bunch of different issues. Yeah. Especially especially the NCAA and not paying its student-athletes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I'm not dumb enough because, you know, if you watch it on the HBO app, you see the commercial before is The Rock's the Rock produced documentary about how the NCAA fucks over student-athletes. Uh-huh. Oh, I had no idea. So, yeah. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that was, okay, this is making sense. And he I was going to ask you about that because I don't know anything about this shit, and I didn't know if that... That's the thing. Like Real athletes pop up on the show, and I'm like, why is that guy such a bad actor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what, we, what used to happen when uh, musicians popped up on Entourage. <laughs> like, Damn, Kanye can't act. <laughs> right. That's like, how I, I can identify the real like athletes and, and people because they're always subpar actors. Um, but no, and, and uh, Dwayne Johnson did play for the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. He did play football for him. Right. That's, that's legit. Uh, now, uh, the backstory I've never even heard of, so I'm thinking that's, that's you know, creative license with the whole brother thing. Sure. And, you know, all that, which is, you know, whatever. It's, it doesn't diminish the point of, and we've talked about this on Sporgy for years now i mean you have march madness just you know that this, that went happened earlier this year and they made what was it chris two billion dollars off of that in one month yeah and yet they can't they, they won't even allow athletes to 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 sell their own autograph to make money off their own likeness rights if Never. they do they boot them out of the ncaa they're no longer eligible for school and since and the pros generally don't take them because they're considered tainted exactly yes and and oh. yeah and and, and everyone always Earl does this on the same time. That tired old argument: Will they get an education for free? Yeah, but here's the thing: all of their free time is 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 uh, is accounted for because of this. So they have no chance to have a job like a college student to make some money, right? To live, 
And meanwhile, that free education is like your coach going, why are you actually reading those books? Didn't I get somebody to do that for you? And oh, well, they're, the- oh their meal plans are paid for. Oh, so if you get hungry past seven o'clock, fuck you. <laughs> like, so that's how it goes. We're paying for well, this. You're not allowed to want food between 7 a.m. and 5 a.m. Because that's when the dining hall's <laughs> closed. There's right. also the dirty little secret of <clears throat> their scholarships to these schools are on a semester-by-semester basis. Mm-hmm. So if you get injured. Bye-bye. If you don't play as well as expected, they just don't give you another scholarship at the end of that 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 semester. And if you go to transfer, you you have to sit out a year. You lose. You you only have so many years of eligibility under the NCAA. And, and I think wait. So <laughs> you're saying if you go to transfer to another school, you have to sit out a year of playing college ball, or you have to wait a year to to re-enroll somewhere. Oh, you can enroll. You have to wait a year for your eligibility to play again. Okay. Um. And I don't understand the. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, yeah, yeah. This is this is one of those issues that like I've been pissed off about for quite a few years because it's something as ridiculous as you know. Every year you had the professional sports video games come out, and you had the college sports video games. Mm-hmm. Now the football, the college football games, because there's you know there's so much padding and they wear helmets, wasn't so much a problem, an issue with likeness, but the college basketball games. They weren't paying these players likeness rights, yet they had the exact same tattoos that the players had in real life on these players with made-up names. The exact same hairstyles, same the way numbers. they wore their uniform, same number, the way they wore their uniform. They just gave them made-up names. And to add insult to injury, you could go into the player editor and edit the name of the player to the real player's name. But the reason that they, they wouldn't give they, that they wouldn't give that player, the real name is because, well, so then the player could sue for likeness they'd, rights. They'd have to pay him. Exactly. But, I mean, something like... They pay their coaches 9 or $10 million. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the highest-paid coach is making, like, $10 million a year. But we can't pay the, the players? The fuck out of here. Yeah, it's bad. It's That's why I was... Like, I'm... I, <sighs> Not that they've used a lot of... Well, I take that back. Ballers has used quite a bit of uh, NFL, like official NFL logos and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm kind of shocked that they, they let the whole, you know, take a knee thing go. Or or who knows, maybe next year they might just do what they start, they start doing when you don't have the rights to the NFL. And you try to make a, a movie about football or a show about football, you can't say... Like you have to say the city. You can't say the name of the team. You can't use any mm-hmm. logos or anything like oh, that. Right. That might be coming down the line because that was that was a big you know that was a big plot point in this this season was uh, Ricky you know talking about you know taking a knee when he met with the what was but were, were they were just literally named whites right? the whites yeah the whites, that was their yeah. last name. <laughs> Yeah, because his tweet was, fuck the whites. <laughs> Everybody lost their mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of shocked at how political that, uh, that show went because I just didn't think it's a little bit of, uh, you're, 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 I'm not saying you're biting the hand that feeds you, but you're definitely snapping at it. 
Mm-hmm. Especially with this NCAA shit. NCAA does not like to be questioned. The only more corrupt organization in sports than the NCAA, I would say, is the IOC, the oh, Olympic Committee. Oh, yeah. Well, what about FIFA? F- FIFA's up there. FIFA's up there. I would say the the, the International Olympic Committee is the, the worst, though. Then it's a tie for second. It's like, you know, 2A and 2B, FIFA and the NCAA. So, I mean, it's... And, I mean, think about that. They made $2 billion for a month of basketball games. $2 billion in a month. Now, what do you think they're making off of, off of football and all these... All these bowl games. Yeah. What do you think they're making right now? <laughs> Just from August through uh, November. Exactly. Just from the TV rights, ticket sales, concessions, merch. I mean, look at every Saturday when we watch. When, I don't know. When I watch game day, man, they're always at some college campus that's packed, at some stadium that's packed. I mean, you got MSU Penn State this weekend. I mean, whatever stadium that's at is going to be packed. What is, what is Michigan? What is Big household, a hundred thousand plus now. One hundred ten thousand, yeah. That's ridiculous. That's like soccer stadium numbers. Yeah, and they'll be there. They'll be at Michigan this uh, this weekend because there's there because I'm a Michigan fan. I got the notice that if you want to get a picture taken behind the the game day desk, come out Thursday or Friday. Oh, let's get a let's make a let's make a totally inappropriate sign. See if we can get on TV. Mm-hmm. Well, then. It's also, I mean, this is part of the story of what happens to, uh, uh, what's his name, the Rock's character, what happens to his brother when he plays. He gets injured, right? And then he basically can't play anymore, loses his scholarship. And lost his last year of eligibility, which fucked his draft status, yeah. Right. Which which sent him into a spiral where I... (laughs) You have to forgive me because some of the episodes I was just using as background noise. Uh, d- it's, but he killed himself, right? Yeah, he jumped off a bridge. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was like an accidental overdose or if he actually, like, you know, killed himself. Jumping off a bridge is pretty, defi- you know, I'm definitively yeah. trying to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the idea that, I mean, you're you're doing this with the idea that you hope to get into the NFL and make millions of dollars, right? And to get injured at that level where you're not even getting paid and then have that affect the, I mean, to have that affect your possible future earnings. Like maybe you don't get to play ball for the rest of your life because of an injury that you got when you played in, in college. Oh, absolutely. And there's been cases of players who were playing their last game, like a bowl game. Uh, Willis McGahey, he was a running back for, uh, oh shit. Didn't the Bills draft him? Well, the Bills ended up drafting him, but when you saw oh, the, injury was, the injury was, is that he was running and he had planted his, his leg. And while it was straight, a guy hit him right on the kneecap with the crown of his helmet and it bent his leg back 90 degrees in the wrong oh. direction. And they were like, oh, that's it. His career is over. And he came back and actually made a career in the NFL. But that definitely affected his draft stock. Mm-hmm. And if that had been 20 years before, because this happened, I think, in what, the 2000 National Championship game? I know Ohio State was involved in there somewhere. but And, and in, yeah, yeah, it was Ohio State. 2002. Miami yeah, University of Miami and Ohio State. Um, now, if that happened 20 years earlier, that probably would have been his career. 
that have been a wrap on it. Yeah. yeah. And he had made it through all those years of college just to have that happen in the last game he's playing before he goes to the draft. And uh, now that because of him, well, he's one of a few guys. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, a lot of guys now will sit out that last game if it doesn't mean anything. Like if it's not yep. for the national championship, mm-hmm. they'll go nope. You know, and they get bagged on right. by guys like Earl, who's on Sporty uh, every Thursday here on ChristopherMedia.net. But you know, by guys like that, like oh, and it the team mentality. And I get it, but at the same time, like you have to think about your career. Like if this game don't mean shit, if this is not going to add to my stock, you know, going forward, you know, as a professional athlete, then yeah, I'm not risking it. I'm not going to be Willis McGahee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he is the exception to come back from the type of injury. He's definitely not the rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a horrific injury. That's one. That's one of those sports injuries that I watch and I turn away from and cringe. And I'm just like, oh fuck, I can't. Like, like it sends shit. Like Joe Theismann. Down. Yeah, but here's the problem. Joe Theismann still is in standard definition from the 80s. That was at the dawn of high-definition television. So there's clips out there where it's clear as a fucking clear day. You can see what's going on. And when his when his knee just buckles, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's horrifying. Well, but, but it I sounds mean, like this is, this is being looked at by some people as like, a, like an internship almost, right? Because... You have to think about the the opportunity, right? The exposure, the fact that you know you could go on to something that is going to pay a lot of money. Oh, it's it's but, seen as essentially, um, for the for NCAA football at least is essentially the minor leagues for the NFL, right? And whereas in but but he, I don't base, need much, but at least you get paid in baseball when you're in the minors. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it may only be like you know, $7,000 a year or yeah. a season. But, I mean, there's also the, the, the pro teams pay for the upkeep of the minor league teams. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, football basically going, we have peewee football, high school football, college football to weed out the people who are injury prone, who are uncoachable, who might be great athletes, but they're not, they're, they're not, they're not, you know, NFL athlete level. Right. And we don't have to pay a dime for it. So of course they're just like, well, we're not going to really say anything one way or the other. Oh, right. Why would they rock that boat? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, you have to think there is, I think you can have uh, up to 110 people on it, I think. I know it's up there. It's near 100. You can have 100 players on a college football team, and I think there's something like 125 college football teams. Yet there's only like, what, 230-some people that go through in the draft? So you do the math. I mean, that's a lot of guys vying for very few spots. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, any advantage you can get, they're going to be more than happy to take. As fucked up as this is going to sound... The minute, if if you know you're a, like a, a on the bubble first round draft pick and a guaranteed first round draft pick, you know you're you're on the bubble as a running back, and the guy who was guaranteed to go in the first round breaks his back and is paralyzed. Yeah, that's fucked up. But you just pretty much bumped yourself up into the first round, and that's the mentality of the shit. And that's why when we talk about football, it's like it's when people are like, you know, oh well, they care and blah blah blah. No, they don't. They don't. Your average your average professional football player's career is like three years long. These these teams 
try to milk as much football as they can out of these players before they are just dried up useless husk of human beings to them as a pro football player. And then they unceremoniously cut them and send them on their way. So this goes back to the whole, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about why are you mad at players trying to get their money? This is why I don't understand people that are like, man, fuck these greedy players. Oh, because they're asking these billionaire owners to actually break them off some cash in the very small window they have to earn. Mm-hmm. And in any, literally any moment their career, fuck, their life could be over. Yeah. What's the average career? Four and a half years? No, it's like three. Well, you know what? It's 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 two point eight for running backs. It's probably a little bit longer if you're not a running back, because r- running back, you're almost any time you touch the ball, you're guaranteed to have contact. So that every time you take a hit, you might as well just look at it as it's taken you know a couple days off your fucking professional career. I just like I can't see anything else working like this. You know, like I use the example of internships, but I'm thinking about it like this would be as if you got an internship with Microsoft and you're like, what's my job? Oh, we want you to be on our commercials. We want you to be the spokesperson for the company on our, on our advertisements, but we're not going to pay you anything. You know, or even like if you're in the entertainment industry, you know, sure, people coming up, they, they play all kinds of free shows for the exposure. You know, but what if your free show for the exposure was, uh, well, 10,000 people showed up to see you and you're going to headline today. So that's quite the exposure. We don't think we need to pay you anything. You're going to look at all this exposure you're getting off of this. Well, yeah. And then you also have to take into account that in in football, you, you have to play three, three seasons of college football before you can declare for the draft in basketball. It used to be, you could just declare for the draft right out of high school. Then, yeah. they put it, then they put an end to that and said, no, you have to play one season of college ball. So now you literally have teams going after one-and-done players who don't even put on airs that they care about in education. They're literally like, I'm just here because I have to do this until I can go cash a check. Mm. I mean, so it's, it, it, it's to listen to them talk about it, they go, we do this for their education. No, the fuck you don't. It damn near reeks of indentured servitude. Right? Like, like we're know. gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna give us X amount of years for free, and then you're gonna pay off for us in the long run for both of us. You know, you'll you'll get your money eventually, but first you got to work off this debt of us, you know, giving you this opportunity and this education and blah blah blah. Well, it's yep. either it'd be that or student loans. I yeah. did, there, there's two parts of that conversation. If we, you know, really do a deep dive in that conversation. But I mean, well, I mean if, if the conversation is going to be how broken higher education is in this country in general, then yeah. Yeah. See, I just, I'm glad that you brought it up because I'd forgotten about it. Because I was, I, I'm watching that last episode of Ballers. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm just saying that why would you know about this? You don't follow sports. I'm like, I bet you Aaron doesn't have any idea about the. I don't. And you, well, okay, like, from kind of an outsider perspective on the episode, first of all, I, it's not none of the sports the sports stuff entices me at all about the show. Mm. As I've probably already made clear, I think it's just an outstanding sports cast. Stuff. I love the writing. It's a great show. And uh, I what really moved me about uh the the finale. I mean, I thought uh Dwayne Johnson's character's story was great. 
I, he kind of always does this where he makes this like turn at the end of the season and kind of, you know, you thought I was doing this, but guess what? This is what I'm doing now. And this is what the next season is going to be about. And I, I like that he, he kind of reinvents himself, but it's Ricky Jarrett's story that has really affected me, especially this last season. Um, but that aside, uh, the actual, you know, what you've been informing me about, uh, about the the real life circumstances behind the story that unfolds in this season, I had no idea about. I had no idea if any of this was pulled from reality or how much of it was. But I can say from an outsider's perspective on it, the way that they, you know, like you're saying, this was kind of a bold step for them to take to address these things. This is the most political uh, season of this show so far. But I thought they did it kind of flawlessly the way it naturally would come up. It didn't, none of this seemed forced. None of this seemed like the writers sat down and said, well, we want to write about this, uh, you know, these two issues and how can we weave these into the characters? It really did seem like, like this was a natural point for these characters to get to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, so I don't know. Uh, I guess I'd comment more on the craft of the of the show than. But no, than I was anything, just. But. Well, yeah, I was just gonna. I was like, I want to be interested in your thoughts on you know how this shit actually works in real life, and pretty much your response has been what I figured it would be, which was, "Are, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is this is damn near slavery." What the fuck, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, anyone who listens to this show knows that I, you know, I don't, I don't go for that, you know. Oh, this is like modern day slavery shit. I don't go. I don't take that shit lightly. This kind of is. It's like, do you want to play football? Do you want to play professional sports? And it's only worse for the athletes who are trying you to play have sports. To do this. Yes, it's and it's only worse for the athletes who play sports who aren't as popular as college basketball and football. You start getting into, like, men's and women's hockey, forget it. Forget it. They're, they're, it, it, is, it is, they're not even, it doesn't even pay to go to a college if you're trying to enter professional hockey. Right. You might as well get drafted and go into the minor league system and take your chances there. Because I have, well, that's the thing is, is uh, football's the only sport without a minor league. Yes. There's no so, so I, you have to if you want to play professional football, you have to play college ball. You have no choice. There's no there's no stories like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant getting drafted right out of high school for football. There, there are zero of those stories. Yeah. There's one path to professional football and it's it goes through college football. And there's no way that they're going to give any portion of that up willingly, right? I mean, no, not it's at all. It's got to be a huge money earner for I guarantee them. you any time they've tried to start a mi- minor league, oh, I said guarantee, uh, that I guarantee the NCAA has stepped in and went, no, no, yeah, no, no. Not on our watch. But probably, no, I mean, probably like when they've probably tried to start mass transportation in Detroit. You know, right. probably, you know, the big three stepped in. No, 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 we're not. Yeah, I'm sure they both have their powerful lobby groups that went in and said, no, this is actually how we think the laws should be written. Yeah, oh, you're going to start a minor league football? No, you're not. The league offices just burned down. 
Everyone involved in the project just turns up dead. But yeah, I do think it's uh, uh, getting back to to what you, you were saying. I was saying I, I think it's ballsy as fuck for him to take take this shit on. And I'm really interested to see where this goes next season because I can't imagine the NCAA is going to be thrilled with how this season went on ballers. Well, they're in the middle and, of a court case right now uh, with the government. Uh, that uh, remember last year, everything with Louisville that's in court now. Oh, I, for, I did forget about that. A school got caught uh, taking a whole bunch of money from Adidas repeatedly and trying to cover it up. And so now they're in court. Good times for them. Yeah, the FBI stepped in. That's a, that's, think about that. For college sports, the FBI stepped in. That's how big business this is. Like, that's how much money is exchanging hands here, where the FBI is like, we have to get involved. Yeah. I mean, either that or Hillary is really pissed, <laughs> right? She controls the FBI and decides what they investigate. That's what I've heard. Forgot about that. She's an Arkansas fan, or Louisville, you know. Those Wiley Clintons. Hey, Spe- oh, speaking they, of the Clintons, on tour. You, I was about to say, do you, you see that they're, they're, they're doing like a, uh, no, no, we really do love each other tour. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. I haven't like, seen any of that. An evening with the Clintons. <laughs> I believe tickets for the Detroit stop range from seventy to seven hundred dollars. Yeah, so for that much money, you can sit and watch two old people pretend that they really, really care about each other. Can you shout out requests? <laughs> <laughs> Bite your bottom lip. <laughs> I didn't have sexual relations. <laughs> Give us the thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about deplorables. Vast right wing conspiracy. <laughs> Super predators. <laughs> oh, that person would be kicked out of that party. Deal me in. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's 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 pretty embarrassing. Like. Really, really? How much money do they need yeah, to leave behind? Yeah, they out of cash. What, what yeah, is for, the for Chelsea? Is there some sort of pretense for their tour, or they, they like money? <laughs> no, I mean that's the actual uh, reason, reason for the tour, <laughs> right? We understand that, but I'm just wondering: is there a theme that encompasses this? Is there a reason they're giving for going out and speaking to people, or is it like one of these get out and vote things? Or hey, I already have an idea how they could they could jazz up the show. It's called an evening with the Clintons, right? They'll say which ones, so you get George Clinton to open up for him. At least go. be the backing band. I, you know what I think it honestly is? I think that one, money, and two, they took a look at, at, at the fact that that Barack and Michelle actually seem to, I don't know, like each other. And so does uh, 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 George and uh, his old lady. And they were like, oh, we got to get in on this. Yeah, the money in this. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we can't this, let the world think we hate each other. Well, there's a lot of free press involved in that. People like talking about. Normal couples, <laughs> healthy relationships. Yeah, like they're sick of looking at Melania's scowling face. They're talking about how she was the the most bullied person in the world. Really? Yeah, that was <sighs> it. She said she is the the most bullied person in the world. 
That's that victim door left wide open. Anybody can walk through. There you go. Uh, 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 a high fashion supermodel who married a walking ATM is the most victim <laughs> or bully person in the world. Because there's not like a kid with a cleft palate uh, who has cerebral palsy, who's in a wheelchair, who's somewhere in Arkansas is right now being, you know, hey, what's up, Ironside, and all this shit, right? Yeah, okay. There is a lot of stupid bullying for it, though. Like especially, people like to throw out the, the nude pictures that turned up from her past. And, uh, you know, this was like this idea, like, you're hypocrites. You talk about family values. How's this for your family values? And, like, any liberal who's throwing that out is only showing their own hypocrisy, right? If the, If that nude picture was of somebody that you didn't have a, a different political view with, you'd have no problem with that. It's okay, but jerking off I don't, is a tribute. I, didn't, I don't think most people are directing that necessarily at Trump, and especially at Trump. I don't know. I, I think it's more at the, their, their, their evangelical supporters. Oh, yeah, who absolutely. Are, who they're directing that at. And, you know, they they know how to play the victim well enough to they turn they make it all about them and say I'm being bullied every time someone posts that picture. No, bitch, has you, you just are in the picture. Yeah, but even it either matters or it doesn't, right? You can't have it both ways. You can't say like it's a new it, before Trump was president, right? And you saw that picture, that new picture of Melania. There you go. And she's looking pretty good. It's got a yeah. nice body. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. Oh my God! How can people? How can people support something like this? This is disgusting filth, right? So, but then when somebody that you think should have a problem with that chooses to ignore it and think this is no big deal, when you say, then you can't come out and say, "Well, no, this is a big deal. You should really think it's a big deal." No, this is actually something that you're in agreement on. Right? You don't support Trump or Melania. The other side does. You both think that the nude photos are no big deal. And then you have to apply the, the, the inverse to the other side. If this was nude photos of Michelle Obama, they better keep their cock holsters shut, right? Oh, no, you're, you're wrong, dude. You can't fucking tell people what they can fucking feel. You got a bunch of evangel- evangelical Christians running around telling people constantly how they should well, think, how they should feel, how, what they should believe. And then when it comes down to their own beliefs, they're willing to fucking push those aside for political parties, which shows you that really their beliefs aren't rooted in anything real. No, it's not a genuine belief. But, right, but the the difference is is that it's you're if you want an effective argument, it's not going to be look at this thing that I am not personally outraged about, but you should be outraged because that's what you said that you stand for. Rather, that it's when uh, the person who has no problem with nude photos of Melania but goes nuts when a Michelle Obama wears a sleeveless uh, dress and shows her arms. Yeah, I got plenty of family exactly like that. Then you can go, well, you're a hypocrite. And that's why I don't talk to them. <laughs> I know somewhere George W's ears perked up when you said nude photos of Michelle Obama. Right. Georgie, porgy, pudding, pie. <laughs> He's like, what? I, huh? 
I told you guys, I told you guys a long time ago, homeboy is in love with Michelle Obama. Well, she calls her, him, his partner, her partner in crime, and she says she loves him. That's a story today. Mm-hmm. Is she allowed to be, is Twitter still in love with her? Has she been kicked off Twitter yet? Or I haven't seen any backlash from it, and it's interesting because... This there is certainly a lot of stories going around about George Bush during the Kavanaugh She's a war criminal, uh, investigation right? because George Bush was calling uh oh what's her name uh the woman with the horrible haircut that had to give a uh, had to have a press conference or something for her decision on how she was going to vote one of the holdout votes for uh, Kavanaugh. Uh, you know who uh, I'm talking about. The, the the chick from Maine? Yes. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but I know. Okay. So anyways, Bush was calling her, trying to get her to vote for Kavanaugh. So I'm surprised that there wasn't more backlash and that this was a the time to come out with the story about you know, Michelle Obama and, uh, and how much she loves W. I but, but- Susan Collins. Say thank you, Susan Collins. I mean, I'm not saying that I think that she should keep quiet about it or something. I actually admire the fact that regardless that there's obvious things, huge issues that you must still disagree with, uh, that it hasn't really changed her opinion of who the person is. But I gotta wonder, We should have it- more Michelle Obamas in America, damn it. I kind of wonder if if it's a love like you have for a slow child <laughs> or a dog, you know, yeah, like a like like, but a, but kind of a dumb pet, kind of like Tater, you know, like 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 Noodle, you know, Noodle's a very sweet, just gentle, special little bit, little bit slow cat, you know, and it's like if you if you hate Noodle, there's something wrong with you, you know what I'm saying, like. No one goes up. Just, no one goes up to like Corky from Life Goes On and goes, "You fucking downsy motherfucker! What's wrong with you?" You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's just not how it works. It's the worst episode of Life Goes On I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Also, dresses don't have pockets, and his always have Werthers in them. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's just settling but, into being an old guy. No, but I'm dead serious. Every picture I see of him, where they're next to each other. He has this little kid in love with the babysitter look on his face. Like he just he looks like a little kid in the presence of an adult who he has such a huge crush on. It's not even funny. I mean it's a, it's hilarious I, to me. I think but, it's a know? good thing that he's uh still got all of his mental capabilities and not letting things fly like his old man. Not telling her the David Copperfield joke. I'm just thinking like if this was uh, if this was Daddy Bush that was in love with Michelle Obama, we might be hearing about his actual thoughts. Oh, you know, what, oh, he loves an ethnic there. woman, right? I, I've had I've had sex with a lot some of women. Jungle fever going on, but I never had sex with one of your tribe. Yeah, <laughs> like tribe. Where the fuck do you think you're at, Daddy Bush? <laughs> I am. I guess I'm like. I'm. I like. I look. I would like to think that, for the most part, politics is just a war of words. That 
we haven't gotten to the point where, like Biden said at McCain's funeral, that you know people from opposite sides of the aisle can't even eat together anymore because that's seen as traitorous. Mm-hmm. And they, you know that he hopes that that mentality dies a quick death. So part of me's like, you know what? Good for her. Good for him. I mean, I yeah, I, I have friends who I am n- nothing like politically. And we managed to have a friendship. It's the assholes who have to inject politics into everything at the cost of a friendship and then insist that, well, anybody that doesn't agree with their politics, why would they want to be friends with? Because that person wants to kill gay people, black people, whatever the fuck they invent in their head is the reason for, you know, or, you know, I'm like, I, I'm running around basically with a coat hanger, sticking it up every cooch I can find because that's how much I support abortion. Are you pregnant? Here, let me root around in there for a little bit. Okay, not anymore. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. And well, yeah, but also Trump is more than doubling down on his language. This last week, his tactic going into the midterms is Democrats are an angry mob that are unfit to rule. They are lawless. They want open borders, chaos. Well, of course, he's locking doing up that. your locking up your boys. Well, yeah, that's a month away. Time to start stirring up the troops, getting everybody agitated, getting old people fired up so they actually go to the polls and uh, for the midterms. If this Kavanaugh shit hadn't have been dragged out, he'd have been doing this fucking a month ago. He had to. He actually had to try to watch his p's and q's for a little bit there. Then once Kavanaugh was, you know, okay, yep, he's approved, new Supreme Court justice. Okay, I can act an asshole again, and he didn't waste any time going back. No, to he did not. So I mean, I, that's that's the Trump is. Trump isn't it, Trump is I heard someone say this on NPR and I kind of agree with it. It was a caller on one of the shows that called in. They said, you know, Trump isn't a politician. Trump is like a just a what the f- like, like, like I I'm paraphrasing this point like a what the fuck how did this happen and how did this person get into office? This person he's not a politician. He doesn't even attempt to speak like one. I mean, he's he's dropped all pretense of I'm going to try to be political and 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 you know deal with things like other politicians do and he's embraced the whole you know outsider bit even though he's not really an outsider he's just as much a part of the elite as the people that he you know takes the task but that's why i'm not shocked anymore like he says dumb shit of course he does it's fucking trump why are we why are we shocked by this two years in at this point no, i'm not- I didn't say it like I was shocked by it. But I'm not I'm just talking about out. you. I'm talking about the, come on now. We've been on the show long enough. The royal you. Like, why is the press like, oh, I can't believe you yeah. say something like this. I know. Oh. I'm just trying to steer this away from every time we talk about Trump, it goes to nobody's shocked anymore. Okay, nobody's shocked. Noted. But he's still the president, and he still says shit that has consequences. And I brought it up because you are saying that the the extremes that the uh, – that the left is going to in in drawing these lines of I can't be friends with this person, I can't even talk to him about this shit anymore. And, and it's happening on both sides. It's just the right is going, what? I don't understand what everyone's so mad about. Oh, it's because they've been and doing it for decades. Right. And the, they're experts at it to the point where they can lie with a straight face. And the Democrats can't hide their anger. No, I've actually had family members when they're like, so well, you don't support that gay marriage shit, do you? And I'm like, I don't. Yeah, if they want to get married, let them get married. I don't give a shit. Were you a faggot? And I'm like, 
And if I was, what would it matter? You know what I'm saying? Like, and well, I can't talk to someone that goes against God. Well, then don't talk to me. Bye. I feel, I, I literally feel like they, they get the, the guy, the cow, the, the leader of the Cowboys from Tombstone. And he's like, well, bye. Yeah. Just go. I don't care. Well, also, I mean, the onus is on you, the person who doesn't want them to get married to prove your case as to why they shouldn't. Right. This is how we decide. I mean, when, when we have to restrict somebody's rights in this country, it's not based on they didn't give a good enough reason why they should be free. It's because somebody made a good enough case as to why they shouldn't. So what is your case for why gays shouldn't get married? God. <laughs> right? The Lord said so. Right. And this is why you can never get any anywhere on these conversations because then you, you have to have a conversation about how there should be separation of church and state, how our laws aren't handed down by a higher power. We can actually prove the existence of the people who wrote our document we're referring to. <laughs> That's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, we know they existed for a fact. Yeah, we, we have the direct source. We're as direct as possible, I guess. You know, could have all been faked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a hell of a that's a that's a Iceman sized conspiracy right there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Declaration of Independence was faked, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Shit, that's a good one, man. That's a soundstage in Burbank. Yep, that was going to be what the the next National Treasure movie is going to be about. But the government shut it down. <laughs> that's why when too I went close. <laughs> that's why when I went to go see the Liberty Bell, I couldn't get close to it, and it was encased in glass. Because if I'd have gotten close to it and go to touch it, my hand would have went through the hologram that's projecting it. Because the solid. Liberty Bell doesn't exist, you know. It's made out of styrofoam, actually. <laughs> yeah, it falls and it just goes dump. That's it. <laughs> there's, there's no ding. There's no dong. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no. Yeah. It, absolutely. And I mean, I the. The the right's been doing this shit for fucking ever. I have family members who, you know, I was dating a girl and she had a couple of, you know, small buttons on her jacket. Or not her jacket, excuse me, her backpack that, you know, when we went down to visit, it were on her strap and one was like, you know, don't want, don't like abortion, don't get one. You know, and I had to have a family member pull me aside and give me a talking to about that. And I was like, you're a Christian, right? Yeah. Then forgive her. What do you want from me? Yeah. If you, I, if you don't want an abortion, don't have one. Problem solved. I'm trying to get laid. You 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 got to forgive her. <laughs> yeah, and just because my my family's from the south doesn't mean I want to act like I'm from the south. So I don't want to fuck you. So that kind of narrows it down, now, doesn't it? But it's you're absolutely right. It's 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 parties. Both it's it's games both parties play, and it's just it's it's okay. It's just old to me. Like, okay, well, come up with something new. At this point, really? Well, that's how we got Trump. <laughs> he was something new. Well, I mean, then we need to try again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, you don't stop and go, well, there's something new. Yeah, but it's a pile of shit. Yeah. But it's a new pile of shit. No one's seen it before. <laughs> 
you know, I'm not one of those people that are like, ooh, I've never heard anything like that, so that must be very good music. No, it's still shit music. I don't care if I've never heard anything like it before. It's still uh, garbage. Well, tell me how you feel about this, because I know we've had this, this discussion before about what what does Trump being president mean to politics? What does it mean to going forward to uh, what are our future presidents going to look like? And is basically you either get all on board the proverbial Trump train in this case and continue to elect wackos to the job that are not politicians or you go the opposite way and you go right back to your traditional politicians. And I, I've got the feeling lately, and we'll see what happens, but I feel like the push is more towards the traditional politician. I don't see, I certainly don't see a left version of the Trump rising yet. And I don't really see that person, even if they do pop up, really managing to, uh, to accomplish anything. What if Kanye was there getting advice? I think, <laughs> well, I think like everyone's going crazy over Beto O'Rourke in, uh, in Texas, right? I don't even He's know who gonna, that is. He's going to be the guy who possibly unseats Ted Cruz. And he's running a very successful campaign down there. He's getting a lot of attention, and it looks like he may have a shot of actually getting the seat. He's a, a Democrat who might take a, a Texas seat from a Republican. Uh, that's quite the feat if, if he manages to pull it off. So I was curious about him and looked up some of the, you know, there's lots of footage of him at town halls and speaking engagements all all over Texas. And he's good, but he's your bread and butter politician type of guy. He kind of runs on this, like, shaking things up, and he kind of has a little bit more of the, the laid-back and casual look compared to the very conservative-looking uh, Ted Cruz. But he's, he's trotting the same old stuff out there. I mean, it, he was talking about the, uh, the school-to-prison pipeline. <laughs> Like last week in Futurama when they had Jack Johnson or John Jackson <laughs> and their politician races. No, but all, all I'm saying is that if, if Beto O'Rourke's popularity means anything, then I think that's the that's who's going to be the challenger to Trump in 2020 is somebody who looks like a very traditional and stable liberal i don't think it's going to be michael avenetti or it's not gonna look like donna brazil it's gosh i hope not she's she's the one with the crazy purple hair and should write i think i think the 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 response to trump on the left is going to look young is going to be younger uh more female and less white yeah saying it'll be white that's uh, that's that's and considering that npr keeps hammering away at the fact that more women are in more races than ever before in the history of America, I think that's where they're drawing the line for this election. Is that accurate or hyperbole? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you pay me to give a fuck about every single fucking race in this country, and you, it, it's going to be seven figures, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll do it. Until then, I... You hear that? Every, hey, if you're, you're out there and you're paying, Rich's name is Price, political think tanks. 
No, I've, I've, I have no idea what the numbers look like, or I certainly haven't researched myself, but I've heard it from enough sources and have no reason to not believe it. But I think that's the dividing line this election. If a lot of these, 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 these younger women win, I think they're going to go, okay, our pool of people to choose to run in 2020 just got larger. But I don't think they're going to make the mistake. I damn sure... I. I can't, I can't, I can't guarantee anything after 2016. 2016 got me out of the prediction business when it comes to politics. I would hope they're not dumb enough to pull a fucking Hillary part two. In other words, who is next in line? Fuck that. You want this fucking asshole out of office? You gotta, you, you, you might have to pick someone to jump the line. All right, period. End of story. And I don't care about, the, I don't care about whoever was next in line's feelings. I don't give a shit. I there's hardly anything that Trump does that I think is bettering this country in the long run. He damn sure hasn't bettered our 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 or improved or even held firm our international image. We're the laughing stock of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, you have Venezuela falling apart, and 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 people are just ignoring them to laugh at us because of Trump. That's how bad he is. You know, the, the whole thing about the the poll numbers. You know, the the exit polls telling us that Hillary was going to win when it turns out that Trump did. I think that was kind of an isolated incident. I don't, I don't think that we've seen that kind of uh, wide differential in poll numbers and results in any races since, really. And what was it that I was listening to? Somebody had talked to Frank Rich, who, if you don't know, is, uh, is a, I guess you call him a pollster. But uh, he, oh, he was talking to uh, Penn Jillette. He, he wasn't talking to him on the podcast. Penn Jillette was relating a conversation that he had with Frank Rich. But he was, he was explaining why they got the 2016 results so wrong. And he said that never before in an exit poll had so many of the responses been, fuck you, that there were a lot of people that were going to the polls to vote for Trump didn't think he had any chance of winning and were basically doing so as a fuck you to a lot of people in this country and express themselves thus uh, to the pollsters after they voted in that fashion. Instead of saying, I voted for Trump and yes, I know I threw my, my vote away, but fuck you guys anyway. I'm sick of all these politicians. So they just kept it succinct and said, I'm not answering your question and fuck you. And that if you actually took all the fuck you responses and put them in the in the Trump category, then the polls line up with the reason or the uh, yeah the exit polls line up with the results. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's a part of it, too. But I'm also pretty sure that until Trump was actually elected and in office, a lot of people weren't so quick to admit that they voted for him. Now that he's in power and they see that they aren't alone, mm-hmm. they have no problem standing up going, yep, I voted for him. Yeah. And I'll vote for him again in 2020. Absolutely. They didn't want to be the, the odd man out. They didn't want to be that you voted for Trump. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, you so I, I, don't th- I don't think that this is a situation where, like, we can't trust polls anymore. Especially exit polls. They tend to be extremely reliable. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say fuck you, but when I left, I was like, yeah, uh, I voted for Bernie. This was in the, 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 the 
the the primary, not the not the or the the you know what I'm saying. The oh, you're right. Democratic primary, yeah, yes. primary, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, "Oh, so you voted for Sanders?" I was like, "No, man, Mac. He ain't scared of you, motherfuckers." And then just walked <laughs> away. So. <laughs> so, and he was white, so he's probably like, "I don't understand what, what just happened." Was. Yeah. <laughs> be whiter, pollster. Be whiter. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. I the the polls. Once I started talking to people and was and, and realized that there was a lot of people who were ashamed to admit they were going to vote for Trump until he won, and they were like, oh, okay. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay, I see what happened here. And then with what you just explained, that fills in, you know, the gaps. People mm-hmm. are like, fuck you, I ain't answering your stupid questions. Right. And if, you, if you're going to vote for the, the anti-establishment candidate, quote-unquote, why would you take part in the establishment questionnaire at the end of it? Right. It only makes sense to go suck on my dick, motherfucker. So yeah, I I absolutely buy that. No one ever asked me shit. I don't know. But I get in, get out like a ninja. I was gonna say maybe that's not me. You like is it is the Mission Impossible theme playing while you're walking it? Dun 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 dun. You drop from the ceiling. He's, he's Boom, already got. <laughs> he's already got fuck you written all over his face. A resting yeah. fuck you face. <laughs> I have to admit, I've been told I have resting serial killer face, and I'm like, so I was kind of shocked when they came up and they asked me a question. I was like, I didn't think that would. Yeah, okay, all right. Didn't think that was going to happen, but it did. Okay, first and only time it's ever happened, by the way. So now get in this van. <laughs> so I was like, go ask that guy. The crazy ones always give you the good answers. Yeah, go ask. Go ask the most unstable looking dude here for the man on the street quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that that I wanted to bring up that I've the the, the thing that 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 brought it to my attention this time just so happens it's. Some dude on the on the on the left did it this time, but it's 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 just symptomatic of something I've been seeing more and more, which is uh, do people think that when they have just because they have a right to protest, that means they have a right to assault people who are protesting against them protesting? Because that's not how this works. Yeah, because you punched a Nazi, so we can do that. Well, I mean, when that shit first happened, I was like, isolated incident, fine. And then that people took that as license to everybody who I disagree with is a fascist, so everybody get everybody can, can catch these fucking hands. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm not 100 percent anti uh, punching Nazis. It's just if we could come up with a, a a collective agreement as to who we identify as Nazis, and then just punch those people. But when when a Nazi is anyone who I decide to call a Nazi and therefore can justify punching them, I'm not down with that. Well, the the, the latest that, that set me off was a gentleman in Toronto, I believe. Yeah. Uh, his name is Jordan Hunt. The goofy guy. He he gave like he kicked the phone. But he gives this like little cutesy wind up, like I'm gonna kick your phone, and then he actually does it. Yeah, which I mean, it's he basically did an anime stance before he did it, and I mean, <laughs> that's, right. that's the reason I was kind of shocked because I'd have probably stood there, 
because he telegraphed that kick, but the fact that he went into some like half-ass anime stance with you know his tongue hanging out of his mouth would have probably thrown me off to the point where he could have got the kick off. If he'd have just fucking, if he'd have been angry, because he he wasn't yelling, he wasn't screaming, he wasn't threatening her. Right. He was just being a very sarcastic, mocking cocksucker. And then all of a sudden, just struck this anime pose and roundhouse kicked her. And it's or, like, if yeah. I'd have been standing there and he had and he hadn't, if he'd have been angry, I'd have uppercutted him and took the end of his fucking tongue off for him. That's what I'd have done. I'd been like, look here, Jordan, stick your tongue back in your fucking mouth. All right? What are you, fucking retarded? So if it's said first rule of fighting is don't stick anything out your mouth because if someone comes at you well, and hits your jaw the right way, it's gone. I think but, anyone, if if he was uh, looked actually, like, yes, he did telegraph his action, but in such a ridiculous way, I honestly, yeah, when I was watching the first time, I was like, I, that was the I last thing I thought he was going to do is actually kick her. Mm-hmm. I, if if he was looked like he was actually lining up to like throw a punch or kick at me, and I was in that situation, I would probably be backing away from the guy. But if he <laughs> did that anime stance or whatever, like it, it's just so not threatening. Well, it but, turns out that this isn't the the one the first time, right? That he's done this. Um, He's ran up on a, another pro-life, you know, whatever uh, protest. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you you call them. I don't. They they don't seem to be protesting an abortion clinic unless there's abortion clinics in like downtown Toronto. It seems like literally it's just people getting together to protest, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to do it in 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 you know a major a corner of a major city somewhere." Well, anyways, the first time he did it, and he was recorded doing it. He actually ran up on the person grabbed their placard from him and tried to beat him with it. Then a guy ran up and basically broke the fight up and said, you can't physically assault someone just because you don't, you disagree with them. And he goes, yes, I can. You're out here harassing me by protesting, pro, being a pro-life protester. Don't be surprised when you get harassed back. First of all, protesting isn't harassing. And you're not harassing them back. You're assaulting them. You're committing right. a crime. Yeah. All right. And I used to, I used to, this used to, irritate the piss out of me in in like you know around 2004 elections when they had the free speech zones and if you dared to use your free speech outside of the free speech zones the cops would basically drag you free speech your face yeah yeah would show you exactly how much how much free speech you had and basically drag you to jail and you'd fall down a few times on the way it pissed me off just as much this is all horse shit and this is this is what's sad is every time an incident like this happens, I see more and more people come out of the woodwork defending these type of actions, saying that this is what needs to be done. And if it's if that's the case, then fine. Arm everybody. You're such a tough guy. Let's get all Wild West with it. Let's find out how tough you really are. Because you run up on someone who you have no idea whether they're packing or not, we'll find out if you're tough or if you're just a pussy picking on a chick who's 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 at a pro-life rally. Period. End of story. Because this is horse shit. Because if, if this happened to me, I'd do everything in my power to kill the motherfucker. That's the end of it. That's, that's all there is to it. I decided a long time ago, I'm not I, going to be... I'm not going to be... No, 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 no. There ain't no wait a minute. I'm not going to be a passive victim of violence because someone disagrees with me. I, I came to that conclusion way long ago before I even knew either of you. And I'll be damned if I'm going to fucking sit here and just because... 
well, I disagree with what you're saying, so I have the right to assault you. No, the fuck you don't. And unless you get up and run the fuck away from me, if you sit there and try to duke it out with me, I'm going to do my best to put you six feet under. End of story. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, okay, but if he, if a guy kicks a fo- your phone out of your hand, I'm gonna do my best. To break, I'm gonna do my best to break his jaw. Yep. Why? Why? How is that? A, how is that a reasonable re- response to that? Okay, Martin Luther King. What are you supposed to do? Turn the other cheek so he can fucking take another fucking anime roundhouse at that? Well, this guy's a dweeb. I it's like yes, he's assaulting people, but. It's, even him assaulting people is not really dangerous. Right? It's wrong. It's illegal. It shouldn't be allowed. I'm with you on all that. Do you have Do you have a right to defend yourself? Yes, you do. If he now if he fle- if he kicks me and runs, I'm not going to chase after him. I'm not going to pull a fucking gun and, and and shoot him in the back as he's running away. Uh huh. But if he stands his fucking ground and expects me not to do nothing, he just fucked with the wrong one. Period. End of story. And I'm going to fucking knock his block off. And if he tries to fucking square up on me like he's tough, we're going to find out how tough he is. End of story. This is horse shit. This is horse shit. People need to start beating the shit out of these people that walk up and just chicken shit, sucker punch, and assault people. And then run and, and, and think that they can get away with it because, well, I'm on the right side of history. If a blow, no, fuck you're not. If a blow comes your way, uh, one might come back right. your, One might come back the other way. I... Yes, you should turn the other cheek. And I think that the reason being is the same reason why I don't believe that it's always good to punch Nazis. Because nobody is given a good reason why. Why is it good to punch Nazis? Is it because you're going to change their mind by hitting them? That's obviously not going to happen. Is it going to change somebody else's mind that maybe this person is a Nazi because that person punched them for being a Nazi? It just is extremely unlikely to happen. Is it because it makes the person who punched them and the people who support punching Nazis feel better? That's really the only reason given. Well, then so what, what's, what's accomplished? They can see how good they feel drinking through a straw for right. six weeks. I think it's more of a human nature thing, too. Sure. If you get in okay. somebody's face, you, they might get in your face back. I mean, look, I learned right. a long time ago. Sure, 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 Rich. You have a scratched phone, and they have a broken jaw, and justice is served in some way. Well, don't start no shit. There won't be no start no SH, won't be no IT. I don't understand what's so hard to understand about this. I was told by a cop at a very young age, you're an adult now. You go out here, and you pick a fight, and you throw the first punch... You should expect whatever you get coming back at you. And I, by the, and, and I'm by not the, agreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with that, Rich, but we're not talking about somebody threatening your life or trying to actually like put you in the hospital or even harm you in any major way. How do you know that in the heat of the moment? You know that with hindsight being what it is, but how do you know that in the heat of the moment? And on top of this... You're telling me you watched that video and thought of that guy as a threat. If you were in the per- in the place of that person filming, that you would think that he is a threat and that you needed to defend yourself. Yeah, if I was that chick, yeah, I'd have got up and fucking took a swing at him. Because I've watched the other video where he ran up on people across the street, made a beeline for them, specifically with the intent of doing harm to them. And guess what? It was another woman because he's a bitch boy. He's a chicken shit. Look. When the guy got in his face, Rich, that's he had nothing not, to say. Okay, but 
I understand what you're describing, but it's not justice, right? It's not certainly within the limits of our current justice system. I'm with you if you want to say this guy needs to be punished, needs to be fined, maybe do jail time, do some community service. You can't just go around assaulting people. There are consequences. If you want to tell me it's an acceptable consequence that he ends up in the hospital with a broken jaw because he kicked somebody's phone out of their hand, I can't agree with you on that. I don't care who the fuck he is. That's cool. You don't have to agree with me on that. Because that's not justice. That's why I don't agree with it. That's All not right. the... You and I have you and I have different views of how of how things like this work. We've talked about it before. You're talking about I wake up in the, I'm talking about the law. Yeah, and the law says I have the right to defend myself as long as they keep coming at me. Sure, sure it does, but don't you have to make what, the decision as a human being what's reasonable? That's like the guy that is it was reasonable for is it, I thought he was breaking into my house and he's running away from him. No, is it unreasonable that he whips out a shotgun and tries to take a shot at somebody he thought was was breaking into his house? No, not really. But read the situation. Who the no, fuck are you shooting at? The guy's running away from you. Does he look like a threat? The only reason, the only, the only person that's reasonable for is the police. We understand that, right? That's the only people that can shoot people in the back and get away with it. All right. All right. No, that's a completely different situation. If I'm in, if in the middle of the night, I'm sitting home and I all of a sudden hear my front door get kicked in and I grab a fucking shotgun and rack that motherfucker and come around the corner, coming in hot, and that motherfucker advances on me, he's dead. Yeah. If, he, if he turns, if, if he turns and shows me the edge of his ass when he hears that motherfucker rack and does a fucking four minute mile in the opposite direction, well, I'm not going to shoot him. But if if you are in a situation where you are do, do not know what the other person's capable of, and they've already shown you a willingness to use violence, no matter how poorly they used it, you're damn right. I think you have a right to defend yourself. And Nobody's talking that, about anything about somebody's right to defend themselves. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, and I'm also not disagreeing with you on the fact that if you're going to start some shit, it might not go the way you think, and you might have more consequences than you think. That's a reality of life. But if we're talking about how this guy is punished, that there's a justification for bodily harm to somebody who's doing this, how does that make you any better or worse, it's you're the same as this guy who just decides to beat people over the head with placards because he disagrees with their stance on abortion. He's taking the law into his own hands. And I'm not because I'm defending oh. myself. If he Look, I think you are because okay. you're not defending yourself. If you say that you want to put the guy in the hospital, that's not defending yourself. That's saying the law is not. This guy's going to get a fine. He might spend a couple nights in jail over this fight. But he's not going to have some real consequences. I'm going to decide what the real consequences are. And he's going to be thinking about me for a while. Okay, let me clarify something. Are you thinking I'm sitting here, are, are you interpreting what I'm saying is that if he did this to me and I got him, I caught him one good time on the button and he went down in a heap, that I'm going to keep beating him? Because if that's what if that's what you're taking away from this, then that's on I'm me. I'm not explaining. You're telling me. You're telling I'm me. I'm not explaining. I phone out of your hand that you would put him in the hospital i'd do my best to yes how is that <laughs> then that's what we're talking about i don't see how that's reasonable i don't see how it's reasonable to sit there and, and just fucking allow people to beat on you just because what <laughs> why 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 are those your only two choices i should run away roll over or try and put somebody in the hospital okay so someone commits a crime against me and i should run away like i'm the criminal <laughs> 
Yeah. It, look, yes, I would remove myself from the situation. That's absolutely what I would do. Good for you. And you probably get popped in the back of your fucking head. I've seen it too many times in real life. I'm not talking from, I'm not talking hypothetical experience. I'm talking experiences I've had and witnessed. I've seen people with one punch shatter a person's jaw, break a person's fucking orbital socket. It is possible. All right. And you know what? That fight ended real quick when that happened. And it's, you, you, you want the honest to God's truth? In my experience, it's usually the guy picking the fight who gets his ass whooped. Because the people who know they can do damage don't walk around telling you they, they're going to fuck you up for the most part. Because they know what they're capable of. Right. This, guy is an, this guy is an asshole who looks for any opportunity to confront people he perceives as weaker than them. And to for all the hand-wringing that goes on about online bullying, this is literally he commits assault against people that he believes are weaker than him. And this is not the first time. If he's been... For eight assault charges to be laid on him, and so far they have two videos that have popped up in, in what, the span of a few days? How many... How many others are going to pop up in the next couple days? We don't know. Might be none. Might be five, six more. This guy's an asshole. All right? And he's a fucking predator. And yeah, I have no sympathy for him for what happens to him if he runs up on the wrong person. Period. End of story. And if you don't agree with me, fine. That's great. Wonderful. I will somehow still manage to live life knowing that we don't agree on this subject. Let's just pray we're never on the same jury trying to come to a fucking... For this guy. Verdict for this guy. Yeah, or he, someone who defends himself against this guy. Well, he's got balls. He does this in a in a concealed carry state. Have fun. No, he's in Canada. Oh, that's he does right. Forgot about that. He's that's what I'm saying. He's a fucking he's he's the he's the little punk ass bitch that was on the fucking playground picking on kids in the first grade when he was in fifth and sixth grade. Why? Because he one, he doesn't think they're gonna fight back, and if two, if they do, he's gonna whoop their ass. Hmm. And neither of these videos, when he's confronted... I'm wondering if we're talking about the same person now. He's got the the stupid silver hair. Uh-huh. Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send right. you guys the second video. Hold on a sec. I got it right here. I'm not going to watch the video. We're on the podcast. But the, I just don't understand your description of this guy as, as, as a bully. This guy has run out of arguments, and that's why he's beating on people. Right, there's a there's a little bit of a back and forth in the in the video where he kicks the woman's phone, and mm-hmm. it doesn't go very far because he has nothing left to say. He has no argument left for his side. I'm not saying that he's wrong about his side. He's just not not good at it, and that's when he decides to just kick her phone out of her hand. Oh, it, that's just the difference in you and me, man. That's just all there is to it. And I, you know what? I, I don't walk around looking for, to insert myself in situations where I'm going to have to make decisions like this. Okay? This guy does. And this guy, mm-hmm. in two videos, he's went after women. Not men. And there's been plenty of men standing around he could have went after. Yeah. In two videos, he went after women. Okay? There's your male feminist for you. Tough guy. Oh, I, you know, oh, I support women's rights unless they disagree with me. Then it's open fucking season. I can, I can throw roundhouse kicks at him. I can beat him with their own fucking sign. And meanwhile, when, a, when another man steps to him and says, you can't fucking do that, all of a sudden he wants to sit and have a debate about the situation. Now he wants to talk. For someone who was just out of, had, as you put it, he was out of things to say. Now he's got a lot to say when someone who might actually kick the shit out of him steps to him. That's a chicken shit. He's asking for it. And guess what? 
A lot of people are like you. They won't give it to them. But there are people like me who be like, you want it, motherfucker? You got it. Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. And how do I know? Because I've been in situations like that. I've been drunk in a situation running my mouth. And the person's been like, dude, just fucking just step the fuck back. Get out of my face. Step the fuck back. What the fuck are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? And I got my clock cleaned. You know what I learned? Don't walk around looking for a fight and you probably won't get into one. But I, I've never in my fucking life allowed someone just to fucking do what they want to do to me. I don't care if it's fucking, well, he kicked your phone out the hand. No, no. First of all, he didn't kick the phone out of her hand. That's what he claims he was trying to do. He connected with her fucking face. Okay. That's what actually happened. Then once he saw what he did, he started going, oh, I, 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 I meant to hit your phone. I meant to hit, the, hit your phone. I call that CYA, covering your ass. And there's other, now these that I haven't seen video on, so this is this is hearsay. I'm absolutely 100% willing to say that. But there are other witnesses, people on both sides of this protest, who said that he also ran up and grabbed some fucking, she had like a bunch of flyers, whatever, expressing her bullshit opinion. And he went, he went back, grabbed those from her, and then ran off. Now, why would you do that? If you, if, why? Why? Because you're a chicken shit. Because you know the event, you you pull shit like this, someone's going to fucking respond in kind to you. Now, if you are not one of those people, fine. Great for you, Aaron. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. All right, right? well, let's but, move on then. Because like I, we all agree that this guy is a chicken shit. I just don't agree with putting people in the hospital. Well, I mean, I don't know. I And I, by the way, if I walked around looking for a fucking fight and and... Beating on women and shit, I wouldn't expect and to walk away on skate. I don't agree with it either, but I know I it's in the range. It either. Of, but I know it's in the range of outcomes. If this guy's going to go around doing what he's going to do, like it may happen to him. I don't necessarily agree with it or condone it, but he's going to run into the wrong motherfucker. First of all, we got caught up on the you know response. The bigger story is his ass did this, and it cost him his job. And his information got put out on social media. And he's now he's crying. And he's got a GoFundMe started. And he's like, I, I just expressed myself. And people were trying to silence me. No, you didn't express yourself. You committed a fucking crime. You committed assault. Get off the victim fucking, the victim shit. Stop it. I wish you could take Stop away it. from GoFundMes. They should have a crowdfunding platform like that. Like one that you can give and take money from. Like if you don't like the person's idea, I'll take $5 from his GoFundMe. Well, how many people? How many people after the, the 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 first Charlottesville gathering that ended up losing their jobs because you know they were on the 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 Tiki Torch Brigade or whatever? You know, no one was feeling sorry for them, and rightfully so. You want to go out there and express bullshit, idiotic opinions? Yeah, your employer's got a right to be like, oh, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to condone that by keep giving you a paycheck later for you this guy does the same shit and it's all of a sudden there's this outpouring of you know oh well this is wrong he was just expressing himself no you committing assault is not expressing yourself it's committing a crime that's what irks me the most about this shit it could be both couldn't it you can express yourself in a criminal matter manner well yeah and then you have to prepare yourself for the consequences which goes yeah. back to how many people go you know what i fucked up and he, the moment I did some dumb shit, I mean, and it's, hey, if he'd have come out and said that and he didn't have a fucking history of doing shit like this, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? The guy's an idiot. He's lucky he did it to who he did it to. 
and you know where he did it. I mean, you do that shit in like you know Dallas, Texas, you might end up with a couple fucking holes in you. Mm-hmm. You know, you do it in Toronto, pretty sure you ain't going to get shot. It's not like Canada has a huge problem with fucking you know gun violence. But at the same time, I, you can't you can't you can't be the perpetrator of a crime and then sit there and scream victim. And that's 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 where we're at with these with these protests and this bullshit and this nonsense. Remember the guy who ran into the crowd with his car? Yeah. You know what his defense was? People were beating on my car with sticks. I panicked. So I stepped on the gas. Really? You're you're in a 2,000-pound guided missile, and you couldn't get out of that situation besides just driving into a fucking crowd of, what, 50, 60 people? Really? I mean, bullshit. Horseshit. That's not a defense. That's an excuse. He was wanting to do some damage. He found his excuse, and he did it. And as he sits in jail for however long he sits in jail for, once they fucking convict his ass, he's going to have a long time to think about, was it worth it? I would probably say no if I was him. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine that that split second of feeling good is going to be worth the, the majority of the rest of my life. I just can't. But I mean, that's. I wonder if it even felt good. You know, who knows? Maybe he's one of those fucking people that he just, when shit happens, he goes numb and does dumb shit. And it's like, well, you know what? You still killed a person. You still got to yeah. pay the fucking price. Oh, yeah. And, and here's, here's, the ultimate, here's the ultimate rub on this for me. I agree with what this jackass is saying. I'm absolutely pro-choice, but I can't. I, oh, the, wait! The, the, the guy who the guy who the guy who did the the kicking and the and yes. the, and the okay. yeah, I agree with him. I'm I'm absolutely pro-choice, but that right. does that does not excuse committing a criminal act and then playing the victim. In fact, to me, that makes that that kind of makes your side look yeah a certain way, bad, right or wrong, whether it should be that way or not. That's we got to stop this dealing with the world. Well, it should be like this. It's not. This is the way the world is. And he just did more damage to his own cause than he than 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 any of these protesters could have done with anything they said. It's just it, it, you know I, I if you've ever watched any documentaries about like the 68 Democratic National Convention and all the violence that broke out there mm-hmm. and the 60 the, the 67 and 68 riots around the country. You realize all it takes is one really bad incident to happen at the wrong time for that shit to pop off. And we are so much flirting with that 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 bothers me. Don't people see that? I mean, all it's going to take is for an incident like this to happen in an area where people aren't going to back down from each other, and, and then all hell breaks loose. And then we're going to end up with a lot of people either hurt or dead on our hands. And why? Because they disagree about something? Um, yeah, that's generally how it happens. Well, if, if, that's, if, if, if that's acceptable, then... Where do I hand in my resignation to the human race? Because <laughs> that's the point. I'm at, at that point, I don't want to be one of y'all. I don't. Dog, I mean, it, dogs are taking are, applications. Well, like, I, I don't mean to over oversimplify it, but like you're describing the basis for all conflict. And, you know, it's just they they just disagree. I mean, it might be something a little more concrete, like a border or a person's rights, but. That's what we fight wars over. We disagree with other people. And I, I agree with the, the idea that this country is a powder keg. Well, maybe the fact that we haven't but, really fought a, a legit war since World War II, a war that we absolutely had to fight the way we fought it, has bred this culture of now, well, the minute we disagree, it's not enough to go, look, we disagree, let's move on, or let's try to come to a compromise here, or whatever the fuck. No, it goes instantly from, 
what, how do you feel about this? I feel, I feel this way. Well, I feel the opposite. Let's just fucking start throwing down. And once again, if that's the case, that's a, that's a problem in our society. And I understand there's societies mm-hmm. around the world that it, it happens in as well. But I mean, this isn't, these aren't people who are starving, marching for food. Right. But, but the issues that we're getting upset over aren't new issues, right? These are decades old battles, some of them older that we're fighting and it's not like that's why it goes from zero to 10 right away because there's no point in even going through steps one through nine anymore the the unresolved issues of this country is what that's the contents of the powder keg and then maybe like yes, yeah, so it would be nice if we solved it with uh, with talking, and sometimes it does happen. But I don't know how you stop it if it's if things are going to come to like. I understand the sentiment of like we're all kind of complacent in in letting this happen as a society. But what's the alternative? You know, how we, about, do we, how there's about- fundamental things that we disagree on that talking. Is not making is not getting any side progress, right? Yes, it's turning up beating our heads against the wall, and and that's where we come to the you know you don't want an abortion, don't have one. Stop trying to regulate and tell people what they can do with their own body. And this yeah, is but, this, yeah, this, but, this is what but, this turns into. It's all about control. The the pro, the pro birth people want to tell people you can't have an abortion, you have to have that kid for whatever reason. It's all there is to it. And they, they've been hammering away at the, at the pro-choice people for so long. Now the pro-choice people go, nope, you can't have that opinion. And if it has to get physical, I'm going to make sure that you can't express that opinion. It's all about exerting control over another person. Why don't we just live and let fucking live? Well, that would be nice, but I mean, abortion is one of those issues that, that remains unresolved in this country and it's gone back and forth within the system. But I mean, if you don't, if your belief is that the system is now broken, what's your, your alternative? Well, I'm not going to pretend to be a, a, a expert on Canada's abortion laws, mm-hmm. but I did peruse, you know, rather, you know, quickly over about a half hour looking up how that country handles abortion. Uh, that country's way more lit, "Quote unquote liberal with their abortion laws than we are. I mean, it's it, it it's not. Yeah, I'm it's not surprised. Not, yeah, I mean, you know, what I'm saying like in Texas, I think it got to the point in the last couple of years. There's like six doctors that can legally perform abortions in the state of Texas because they've put so many regulations and shit on on what doctors can and can't do. It's not like that in Canada. So for one, what is it? For all intents and purposes, you've won the battle. Do you think Canada's going to fucking reverse that? Because I oh, am still talking about this kid. <laughs> well, I mean, his side, at least. I mean, what, what, do you, what, what is the point of going out there and taking on a couple dozen people walking around with, you know, abortion is murder placards? What, what is well, it is, it is you, true. You when you, want. Right. When you frame it in that, in that aspect, then why not just let the anti-abortion protesters protest what exactly are they, what are they really hurting exactly it's it's like the whole unite the, the the right to rallies that were supposed to happen this year that oh we're gonna make 2017 look like you know romper room and what two dozen people showed up 
Mm-hmm. I mean, literally two dozen people showed up, and they were like, oh, oh, okay. Well, we're outnumbered by like 10 to 1, so let's go home. That was the end of it. Did, there, there's, if, if, the, if the issue's already settled, what are you out there? You're out there looking for someone to get into an altercation with, whether it be verbal or physical. You can't claim higher some sort of moral high ground if that's what you're doing. Right. right. Okay? Your side has won. Period. End of story. These people are a, a large minority compared to the people who support in Canada, according to the numbers I read, Canada's abortion laws. So let them have their fucking say, move the fuck on with your life. That's Isn't that the point of protest? I mean, it, you let people have their say, and then whatever comes of it, comes of it. it, it it's it's it, The point of a protest isn't, oh, this is an excuse to start a riot. And what I'm afraid of, yes, I'm going to use that word, afraid of, is that that's how more and more people are starting to look at protests. Oh, this is an excuse to pop, for some shit to pop off. And you have agitators on both sides who want that to happen. These jackasses that show up in fucking half-ass body armor with baseball bats and, 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 and Captain America fucking sh- homemade shields with MAGA hats on and shit are just the flip side of the Antifa people who show up with everything with their eyes covered with fucking, you know, batteries and socks and, and, and homemade explosive devices to throw in the fucking crowds of people that they, they, they disagree with. When those people take over the discourse, there is no more discourse. Then it just becomes chaos and anarchy. And if that's what we want, then fuck it. That's what we want. I guess the only thing I can say is everybody arm yourselves as, 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 with as much, as much as you're comfortable with and try to avoid the nonsense. Look at those window that's covers a- like in The Purge. Just put those down every night. You know, and it's kind of fucked up because that movie came out like what six years ago, and six years ago it seemed like oh that's if that was to happen, it happened so far into the future. Now it's like oh, yeah. I mean, it might not it might not be government sanctioned purge, but goddamn it, <laughs> we we might have some shit like that happen eventually. Look at idiocracy. That's supposed to be five hundred years, right? Now it might be end up being fifty. Hey, you want to lighten the mood? Sure. The 2019 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees or, or nominees came out, and there's a lot of names on this list that have been on this list before. If the zombies don't get in, I riot. You're gonna riot? Did you vote? Did you vote online? Oh, I can vote. Yeah, there's a fan vote. You can vote for five oh, people. Well, can I vote for the zombies five times? No, you cannot. I don't know, but then again, what, you what know, I look zomb- at like Jerry Lee Lewis isn't in yet, and. Wait, so, like, are we not Jerry, doing this in order? <laughs> wait, Jerry Lee Lewis isn't in? <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously? I don't know how you have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and and not put him in it. But uh, Well, right. I don't think they look too fondly on the cousin fucking business. All right. Oh, but it's okay for Chuck Berry to cross state lines with a minor he's getting ready to fart and piss on? I was going to say, isn't Michael Jackson in? So. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> a couple times. Maybe it's okay to let that young Michael in, that Jackson 5 Michael, but, you know. Eh. Michael Jackson's Michael original nose. Yeah, no, I... Wow, that's... Okay, I didn't know that. And the zombies, I, I'm not going to lie, I had to look up, like, their quote-unquote hits, and I, I recognize two of them, Time of the Season, and She's Not There. Yeah, let's... Who's on the list? Number Def Leppard. What do you guys think? Oh, God. 
I don't really this scrape the, the bottom of the barrel. This is a problem I have every time I look at this list each year is that like it it doesn't make sense to me that some people get in before others. And then of course you have the everyone uh there's always an article about somebody saying it's all political. Yeah, Joe Walsh is the that person this year. But I thought he was last year. Well, There's somebody else this year. I just saw an article of him again popping off. Oh. But yeah, definitely, absolutely not. But- <laughs> I don't think they did anything as far as... I mean, they didn't, like, define a genre. They just capitalized on a trend, quite honest. Like, yeah, I don't the, the only thing I could give them is they survived the... They started in the 70s rock vein. They survived the, the cock rock vein. And they actually had a few hits in the in the 90s after, the you know, the, the stake had been shoved in the heart of all that cock rock shit. So, longevity? That's all I can really come to think of. You I know think what I'm Well, from the aspect of... Uh, hair rock was a thing it was a very popular thing in, in rock music for a time and if it's a thing it should be acknowledged and if you're going to acknowledge it I think Def Leppard is one of your better choices to do so well Bon Jovi got in well then Def Leppard should already be in <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm I'm like wait because Def Leppard do go back to the 70s See, I could make an argument more for Bon Jovi than Def Leppard. Like, Bon Jovi's had a hit in, like, every decade since the 80s. Like, that'd be my argument for him. Right, but I I mean, I'm not saying that having hit records uh, shouldn't be some sort of prerequisite, but is that really what they should be judged on? It's longevity. I mean, it's he puts out an album, people still care. Def Leppard puts out an album. Nobody gives a fuck anymore except Def Leppard fans. <laughs> Do they still care? I mean, I, I know two people who are huge Bon Jovi fans to the point where they own like the solo albums for John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora and whoever the fuck Tito, whatever his name is, put uh, out. Other the forty-two-year-old woman who grew up in New Jersey who might take a listen if a new Bon Jovi album comes out. They might, but probably would also. You know, use that opportunity at the concert when they play the new single to go use the bathroom because what they really came there to hear is the songs from their childhood. True, but I mean, so next on the list, I don't know. I'll give you Bon Jovi over Def Leppard on longevity, but I still think that Bon uh, Def Leppard has far superior songs to anything that Bon Jovi's ever written. Well, when when we brought up Bon Jovi, I, I'm imagining this time last year. The one thing I said that I, I, I'll stick by is that that VMA performance where they just did the acoustic one of Dead or Alive mm-hmm. pretty much gave the producers who went on to, to make the show Unplugged the idea to do the Unplugged series. So, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, like, I guess that's like influential because a lot of. All right. I'll give you that too. You made a lot a strong of. Another reason to hate Bon Jovi. He, had, he invented Unplugged. Oh, come on. Were you going to hate on Unplugged? No, I'm not hating on Unplugged. It's another reason to hate Bon Jovi. (laughs) All right. Who's next on the list? Devo. 
Yes, See, absolutely. Uh, I would. My knock against him would be uh, depth of material. Uh, what? Not much. What? First of all, there's more hit records that Devo did than than Whip It, and they've got plenty of material. They've got a deep record, a, a deep catalog. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can, even though I, I'm not very well versed in their catalog, I, I've I've met a few like big Devo fans, and I've listened to them talk, and I'm like, wow, okay, I didn't realize all that. Okay, there's they're some- legit. Oh, they're, they, look, you may not like the music, and I can understand why. There's this kind of weird, angular jauntiness to it. And there's, while, you know, they, they make a lot of catchy songs, I think, there's, it's not done in, in purely a pop aesthetic. It's, it's not really meant to fit in, but there is a, an actual philosophy behind all of it, too. And, and that's part of what the one conversation I'm thinking of. It was with one of the instructors at uh, Specs. He 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 went into the the whole philosophy of Devo and the de-evolution and this. And I was like, oh wow, okay, you've thought about this a lot more than I have. <laughs> I just thought it was whip it and a cover of Satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That's honestly what I thought it was. I was like, okay, but no, apparently there's a lot more to it. I mean, they had some, uh, I don't know how much, if I could really describe them as hit records, but records that people know, like uh, Mongoloid, which I'm sure can't get played on any radio station anymore, or uh, A Girl You Want. That's a good jam. See, now, maybe I'm, I'm drawing a, 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 a bad equivalency between Devo and this band I'm about to say, but like I kind of feel like if Devo is in, in a band like Kraftwerk, better for fucking sure be in. They're on the list. They're on the list. They're not in already? No, they've been on. They've been, Kraftwerk. They are on the list. Yeah, they're not in. They came up like 10 years ago. They're starting to be mm. like the Susan Lucci of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's definitely a visual comparison that could be made between the two. They have uh, a similar style, I guess, but kind of two really different things. I mean, I guess to me, I, I think the the influence that they had is is what I'm comparing. Like I hear so you know anybody that's our age have even if you've never heard a Kraftwerk song, have heard their name mentioned, especially if you follow any type of you know what was techno back in our day, EDM these days. Mm-hmm. You hear you hear them come up all the time, and I've heard DJs talk about Devo in that same not in, not is in exactly the same way. Like, you know, they laid the groundwork, blah, 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 the craft work did. But, like, as far as their influence on various genres of music, like, I, 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 I couldn't deny Devo's influence even if I wanted to. I mean, I look at a band like Devo and I think, okay, would a band like Weezer be what they are without a band like Devo? Would a band like Yellow have even existed without a band like Devo? You know, like shit that gives you almost permission to be weird and outside of the norm so far that you're just, you know, you take people, like, you shock people with it. I mean, I was a kid when Whip It come out. It was only when I got older that I realized this sounded like fucking nothing else being played on MTV or the radio. Right. You know, 
And for middle America to see that fucking, you know, the video and the hats and everything, it instantly became part of the 80s pop culture, you know, legacy. See, I'd make all the arguments you're making for Devo for talking heads. Talking heads have to be in, dude. Oh, they're, no, they're already in, but I'm saying as okay. far as, like, for bands like Weezer, like, like I think Dave Byrne did it first. And- well, yeah, when I saw the new Kanye video with the big shoulders, and looking, I was like, David Byrne <laughs> wants his suit back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's just kind of where I'm at with Devo. It was like, like Talking Heads was doing it five years earlier, but I guess uh, it's just me. Okay, so you got Devo, the Zombies. At Kraftwerk, uh, Janet Jackson. I mean, I mean Kraft Kraftwerk's a, a weird one, though. Like, at least Devo has guitars. <laughs> well, haven't we already acquiesced Kraft- that it's the Music Hall of Fame, really? Right. I don't know. I mean, if it if that's the case, then absolutely Kraftwerk. I mean, Kraftwerk were, they weren't really, it wasn't that they were doing something that nobody had done before, but they were actually making kind of poppy music with it. It it still sounds kind of weird to most uh, uh, American audiences still today, but uh, Kraftwerk was a pop group in Germany. The, that was shit that got played on the radio. There was actually, there's a Detroit DJ and producer, Dan Bell, who uh, I had the pleasure of meeting one day, and he was uh, telling a story about going to play in Germany. A lot of Detroit DJs uh, are very popular in Germany, and they make much more money playing over in Germany than they do here in America. And he had his, at the time, first gig in Germany. And he tends to play very minimal techno, which is why he was really popular in Germany. They also are fans of the minimal stuff. But he brought his Kraftwerk records with him as well. And he was like, I'm in the middle of a set and I'm really feeling it. The crowd is responding, you know, I'm in the groove or whatever. And then he whips out the craft work. He was on like numbers or something like that. You know, some big hit just thinking like this, this crowd's going to go over insane over this shit. And everyone just kind of stops and the whole thing kind of loses its momentum, the whole set, because it was like if he played here and threw a Madonna record into the middle of a set. Like, what? what is going on here? <laughs> I thought we were listening to fu- some fucking techno, and now you're playing pop music. Like, <laughs> it was just weird. Well, I can, I can say that a, a buddy of mine, he, uh, he was stationed over in Germany for a few years in like the mid to late 90s, and he went to a few parties with DJ spinning and everything, and he said that the one thing he took away from it, the one memory that sticks out the most is that, you know, in the 90s was all about, like, the build-up, you know, in, in, in techno. He's like, he's building up, building up, building up, building up, and then the beat, you know, everything drops out, and all of a sudden you just hear a, a clip from South Park. Dude, what the fuck's wrong with German people? And he goes, and the crowd went nuts. And then he, <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> back to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can see it. I can see the DJs going over there and you know. I didn't know that Kraftwerk was considered a pop group over there. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, if 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 you're if you're at a party over here and someone starts playing Ray of Light, you're like, what the fuck? Did you get your records mixed up? <laughs> Seriously? 
<laughs> but yeah, what I mean, what Craftwork really did was take the concept of all these instruments and drum machines that were being made. You know, all that stuff existed up until that point. It, it's not like Craftwork were making their own electronic instruments to make this music. All this stuff existed, but this was like Roland made a drum machine that was like, this will re- replace your studio drummer. And everyone bought them because it was cool new technology and studio bling that they could uh, show off. But when it came right down to it, it's not going to replace your actual drummer. It doesn't even sound anything like him. You can't control it in the same way. It doesn't have the same nuance. Right? So that eventually went to the, the pawn shop or whatever. And so did the, the TB303, which was supposed to emulate a real bass player. And, uh, and, and all these other instruments that, you know, like the, the early Juno stuff, all those patches were supposed to emulate stringed instruments and woodwinds and all this stuff. It was supposed to be a whole orchestra, but it didn't really sound anything like it. But people were starting to realize that this might not ever sound like a real band, but we can make it sound like some crazy-ass shit that nobody's ever heard before. And that's what Kraftwerk was doing and popularized, was this idea that these kind of, at the time, even then, like they were cast aside. They were considered failed products by Roland and other companies. And they, they found new ways to use those as instruments. Well, and I, the fact that they're that innovative and that their influence is as wide and deep as it is, I guess that would be the, the argument I would make if I was like on their team for them to be into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it's a strong contender. What, we probably got a lot of the list left, though. What? Yeah, uh, there's Janet what Jackson a- again. Do we care? I mean, yeah, no, moving on. John Prine. I guess he's a big folk guy. Yeah, sure. People dig him. Uh, LL Cool J. Hmm. I mean, he's kind of like helped. LL. He helped bring up a genre. He's kind of got that going for him. But, but Run DMC are in already? I mean, they have to be, right? Yeah, yeah, they're in. They're in. Right. So then LL gets to be if Run. I, mean, I heard he's hard as hell. He don't eat Oreos. He eats he eats LL cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. I always had a soft spot in my heart for fucking LL Cool J. He's, a, he's one of the. Uh, oh yeah. He's one of the people who got my. You can vote for five people. He was one of my five. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, MC Five. They, they, they oh. They are also one of my votes. They should totally be I, in the. Uh, I think these punk are some music. strong contenders, but yeah, I my vote would probably have to go to MC Five, even over the Zombies. I mean, just they can one song start a genre because Kick Out the Jams <laughs> may have started punk music. Yeah, and that's like what sixty seven, maybe later sixty seven or sixty eight. Yeah. It was right. funny because uh, NPR just had, uh, uh, oh shit, Wayne Kramer on. And they were talking to him and they were playing clips from obviously the first album. Yeah. And then they played clips from the second album and I was like, I've never heard these songs. And I think I know why because those songs were produced within an inch of their fucking life. <laughs> like, it, like, I understand that, that the first album was raw because they didn't know what they were doing in the studio, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, ooh. There's a big sonic difference between that first album and that second album. 
And I'm like, you know, okay, I now I kind of understand why I've never, you know, like I said, never heard the second album. And you go to, you know, I would go to friends' houses and they'd be like, you know, hey man, have you heard of the MC5? You know, listen to this album and they put put that album on. But then again, isn't that a case of their influence pretty much extends past the life of the band? The band didn't last till like what seventy two, seventy three. Yeah, well, Wayne Kramer went to jail. Everybody else is dead. Yeah. Well, so just to be clear, like the first album would have been back in the USA, or are you describing the live album "Kick Out the Jams"? Was it "Kick Out the Jams" on the first album? Uh, "Kick Out the Jams" was. Yeah, High Times was their second album. Kick Out the Jams was a live album. And not yeah, their first actual studio release would be back in the USA. Okay, because it says Kick Out the Jams is a de- debut album by them. It came out in 69. Yeah, okay, 69, yeah. Back in the USA, 70. 70 and High Time is 71. Right. Well, that's and why... Up- that's why I was wondering. I wanted to clarify because, like, the second album could have been back in the USA, but that—that's my favorite one, actually. And High Times is overproduced, and they tried to push her more into like the psychedelic genre. Well, I absolutely might have my back in the USA and High Time mixed up then. Um, I, I'm like well, I said, that, I might I might have had them reversed then. Well, it depends on how you classify it. If you're t- just talking studio albums, it's back in the USA and high times. But right. Kick Out the Jams comes before any of those. You're right. Anyway, semantics. Um, I I know that obviously that first that live album with Kick Out the Jams and Ramble and Rose and all that shit on it. It's great fun. But back in the USA, every single song on that album is amazing and just perfect i mean perfect punk songs most of them get in under three minutes and they're catchy and they're fun songs and they're about fucking hanging out and you know macking on chicks and drinking and being stupid and it's one of those albums where like i can't just listen to one song i gotta hear the whole thing all right, uh, next up, Radiohead. Who did Radiohead piss off to where they're not in already? Ticketmaster and yeah, they, they, they don't Clear Channel and yeah. everybody. <laughs> like, who didn't they piss off? Well, like, I, I, I didn't realize that hatred for Smashing Pumpkins ran as deep in the Chicago, uh, uh, like, like, like the music press until. Well, I mean, I literally it was driven home by the latest or the last. Uh, uh, gosh, I forget the name of the show. Anyways, I just listened to it on NPR like a week ago, and the hosts were like, "Yeah, I really hate Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins. I, I hate them." Like, and I'm like, "Wow, that's like no, no two bone, no no two ways about it. Like, nope, there's nothing good about them." So I'm like, is Radiohead like that with a certain segment of the music press, and I don't know it because I always thought they were critical darlings. Yeah, but they and, they don't participate in the commerce machine. But they damn sure generate enough commerce. Money's moving because of them over the years. Money's exchanged hands because of them over the years. I mean, is this all go back? Is they won't play creep? Uh, maybe. They don't. Maybe I don't know. 
They went on their first major venue tour in like what over a decade this past year. They, I had tickets to see Radiohead once, and I never got to see them. So I was strangely I can't remember what I did. It must have been bad though. I must have known it because I was 19 years old and was told that I was grounded. Oh. And I was like, you can't be serious. He's like, you still live at home. And I'm like, I've got tickets to go see Belly and Radiohead play. Not anymore. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll always have a, a chance to see these bands in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Belly, Belly broke up before they could tour again, and Radiohead just stopped coming to the Detroit area. Radiohead will be around once a year. They're going to put out so many albums. Right. I mean, they did put out a lot of material, but... Uh, yeah. Next, Rage Against the Machine? No. <laughs> That's my answer. No. See that? I don't know how many people would have to get in line in front of Rage Against the Machine for them to get in. Wow. I'm yeah. trying to think of the argument I'd make for Rage Against the Machine. Tom Morello? Exactly. Is good at guitar? He's, he's, he's the most innovative he guitar player. Probably to, probably to come out since Eddie Van Halen. He reinvented yeah. guitar. I mean, not only that, they pretty much... Yeah, but he, couldn't he have done something more interesting with it? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, though. We're also looking back at almost 30 years of him doing it now. Yeah. You know, when the first time I heard that, that first radio. it came out in 92, we were like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I admit. You know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what a Digitech whammy pedal was. <laughs> yeah, I, I was down with that first album, you know. I don't know. For some reason, Rage is... Uh, has not stuck with me. Where I can still listen to the you know Beastie Boys shit and get down with it. I'm not saying that there's like any comparison in between the bands. Just like stuff that I listened to at that time that I thought was like you know I think Check Your Head was like an amazing sounding album. I don't think anyone had made a hip hop album up until that point that sounded that weird. No, not that I can think of. I mean, I. Ugh. No. <laughs> All those like crunchy, distorted, lo fi beats and the Well I'm trying to think of when when does the first when does the first Wu Tang album come out? Because that was really like ninety five? Ninety four. Mm-hmm. Okay, so check your head came out well before that. Yeah, all right. Because yeah. like, I, I, I like I remember going, Wow man, I haven't really heard much like that and then I heard Wu Tang clan and I was like Hmm. Kind of wondering if they listen to that album and we're like, let's dirty up our beats a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, you know, there's kind of a difference to, to my ear. Like the what Wu Tang is doing comes from this lo-fi crate digging community of like you know finding these old samples that have all this surface noise and everything, and retaining that and kind of doing this more loose style of looping where it doesn't have to be super tight you know it might be the type of looping that that you would uh do before pre-midi where you didn't have uh you know nice ways to sync everything up properly and i think a lot of what's going on in the production and check your head comes from 
things that were starting to happen actually in techno, um, where artists like uh, Aphex Twin were taking, again, the drum machines and, and bass machines and everything that Kraftwerk was using, and now feeding those things through, a lot of the times it was like guitar effects and stuff like that to dirty up those beats. Well, it's funny, and, and a lot of it can be heard in uh, in like Bjork's early stuff too, as well. And LFO, those really like crunchy, dirty, grungy kind of techno. Well, I remember a Cribs that came out probably in the early two thousands. When he went to Riz's house and he was there, you know, he went to his basement and that's his, you know, his home studio. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm going to get, I'm going to give all y'all aspiring producers a, a, a hint as to how I get my beats the way I, I like them. They actually invented this for me and it dirties up my beats for me. And it was a piece of equipment that did what you were talking about. Instead of just having to dig through a crate and find a kind of a scratchy, you know, track, it added all that to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well. How long has that been around? Because if that's the case, <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's kind of cheating. <laughs> it's relatively new, but yeah, you can. There's certainly I've got plugins that I can add some vinyl noise to. So I've never never actually used it to synthesize vinyl noise, but it's there. You can fake anything these days. Next up, Roxy Music. Ooh yeah. See, I think Brian Eno should be in, but. Eh. Well, that's a, I don't know, I think I'd still have to say my top vote would be MC5. I think Roxy Music might be in the top three, though. That, uh, oh gosh, what's the, what's the name of the album with the woman walking the panther on the cover of it? <laughs> Starts yeah. off with Do the Strand. I can't remember, but that's, that's another one of like my all-time favorite albums. Perfect album, in my opinion. But also like the MC5. I mean, they. I think they had a. They definitely had a little bit longer of a career span than the MC5 did. But their prime period was very short for me. There's like two. There's two out. I'm not a huge Brian Ferry fan, but like those. Those first two albums of Roxy Music are exceptional. I, yeah, I. I don't know anything about Roxy Music. <laughs> I know Brian Ferry by name. I couldn't tell you anything he's done. I just know that a lot of my more music snobby friends name check him all the time. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I, like, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea who he is. You know. So I, it's just I, 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 I imagine I've had to have heard some of their songs and just not realized it was them. Oh yeah. You know. I would, I, I especially because I'm sitting here on their Wikipedia page and I'm looking at how many albums they put out, and I'm like, okay, they 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 put out a, a decent amount. Like it wasn't, they weren't just like I think it's what one, two, three, four. They five, kind six, of seven, eight, nine albums in ten years. That's it's pretty good output. Now I don't know how what the, what the quality of the output is. You said that they had like a a, a, a very well, strong the period. Thing. They they made a transition kind of in a band. They bridged from. 70s glam to 80s new romantic and i'm just much more a fan of that 70s glam stuff than i am the later yeah well looking at them from tops top of the pops in 73 this looks like a glam band that two guys who were in a lounge act got lost and ended up in the same (laughs) band with (laughs) 
And I'm imagining the the most well-dressed gentleman with the white tuxedo jacket and black bow tie is probably Brian Ferry. That's my guess. Because the other guy's got like a really bad 70s <laughs> tuxedo on. He's holding a big-ass baritone sack, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I have to. I have to. Sure, if they need to be, if they need to be in, I'll go with what you guys say. How about Rufus featuring Shaka Khan? No, I said Chaka Wait. Khan. Are you are you serious that there? That's the entry. Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. Like Rufus is an in on his own. Yes, and Rufus would be the band. Rufus was her backing band, technically. Well, I thought it was a producer. Yeah. Rufus. Like, it's just a dude. That's George Carlin in the Bill and Ted movies. Right. It was like like, like Roger and Zap. Yeah. <laughs> That's, what I, that's what I thought. Uh, next. Uh, what did it say? Next on the list would be Stevie Nicks. Isn't she already in with Fleetwood Mac? Does the, yeah. edge of, does the Edge of 17 get you into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's like what? That and Stop Dragging My Heart Around, which was technically a Heartbreaker song that featured her. Mm-hmm. Isn't that pretty much the extent of her solo output? Yeah. I don't know. I I enjoy quite a few of, uh, of Stevie Nicks' solo work. But I don't know. But said Hall nobody ever. Worthy? No, I, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, if, if is Fleetwood Mac in? Yes, right? that's that's fine then. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. If you're in a Fleetwood that's, Mac, that's all you get. You're, yeah, not, if, you're not a Beatle. If, you don't get a separate entry. If we're talking about a lead singer who became well known with a band and then went on to have a solo career that deserves well, being more than Stevie Nicks, I'm ta- I'm thinking like Annie Lennox. Well, also, are there any other members of Fleetwood Mac that are in solo? Because if you're saying that she gets in before Lindsey Buckingham, I'm like, no fucking way. True. I, I was going to say, yeah, the only person I can imagine would be Lindsey Buckingham. I mean, Holiday Road, man. <laughs> I know, <laughs> <Fucking> right? Classic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob the Sad Clown checks in next. No way. The Cure? Yes. All right. So there's what I think that rounds out my top three. They got one of my votes. You got, you got five. They got one of my five. Once again, how the fuck are The Cure not in? Uh, I don't know. I. This is why I'm like, I, 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 I hope it's an honor for these people. Because to me, this is just, it, it's, it's kind of shameful the bands that aren't in. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't really care for them. Versus the bands that are in, and and Jerry Lee Lewis not being in just blows my fucking mind. I mean, it's right. That's what. That's why it's so difficult to go through this list honestly when you have to start with like. There's obvious people that have been overlooked. How can I mean? Well, we're gonna. Yeah. You could finish a list. We could finish a list with someone would argue in that category. Todd Rundgren. Man. See, like, as an artist, I would say not so much, but as a producer, why isn't he in yet? Uh, certainly. Um, and didn't he, wasn't he one of those guys that played, like, damn near every instrument on his albums? I believe so. 
if you want to, if you want the Todd Rundgren experience, I think you can get most of it off of one album, and it's the uh, A Wizard slash A True Star, the double album. That the first album is him probably at his weirdest and most psychedelic. And also very influential. There's there's so much that that he influences in later music on that. And then the second album is him doing soul music. And I, I believe it's all covers. It might be some originals in there. And it's just fantastic. If you're gonna go the full the full Todd, <laughs> listen to that album. Yeah, absolutely. Or just. Dude, that song fucking rocks, though. So, yeah, those are those are the nominees this year. The, yeah, I, the so Cure. you get to pick five. Yeah, I think Cure would be in there. Roxy Music would be in there. Uh, I guess Kraftwerk. What was the other one that I said that was going to? Oh, MC Five. Cardi B will ever be on this list, and Todd Rundgren. I think that would have to be my five. Yeah, I, I went with The Cure, Rage, Radiohead, MC5, and uh, Hello Cool J. Yeah, see, like Roxy Music kind of kicked Rage uh, uh, Radiohead out of the running for me. Like, get get Roxy in there first, then we can talk about Radiohead. I think being Michael Jackson's sister should have you qualify you for this list. Yeah, but. <sighs> You're going to make me be this guy on the podcast. <laughs> I'll defend Janet Jackson. She was smart enough to have. Not diddled good, kids. Good producers <laughs> around her. Oh. Uh, uh, and she did have quite a number of hits. She did, yes. I mean, like, well, from the 80s to the 2000s. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for the whole Super Bowl incident. I don't think she'd have dropped off as she'd have dropped off, but I don't think she'd have dropped off as abruptly as she did. Yeah, but she didn't have Quincy giving it that timeless touch that he gave to a lot of those Michael records. Like her shit is dated. Oh god, yeah. It's like listening to fucking Paul Abdul. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, because uh, oh fuck, what's and her, new, and her newer shit ain't good. I don't. I thought Velvet Rope was all right, but then again, I like Q-Tip. So the lead single off of that album was her with Q-Tip. So Velvet Rope was good for smoking weed too. <laughs> well, but, that yeah. might have factored in a little bit, also. But again, I'm not lie. Q-Tip was involved, so <laughs> it's generally which how it goes me, when he's involved. Which makes me wonder: uh, is Tribe in? Oh, probably. Oh, God, no, they can't be. That's too deep. That's too, that's too much of a deep cut for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, all due respect to LL Cool J, he didn't really innovate as much as came in like on the tail end of the innovation that Def Jam was doing. I mean, you know, Run DMC was already established. Beastie Boys were already pretty much being put into place. And then, oh, hey. Here come, you know, Paula got a big old butt. Oh, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, all that shit. So, I mean. But, I, but LL was like the first 
real star of hip hop. He was the first ballsy motherfucker to 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 make a hip hop love song. Like seriously. Yeah. I, I can't remember one before before that. Like but, that But you know what I mean by when I like he had like the face and the persona and the whole package that he was delivering. You know, there's he didn't have the rawness of Run DMC or uh, or the Beastie Boys, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, by the way, Tribe Call Quest has been eligible for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since 2016. Yeah. So they're going on two years of getting snubbed. That's, we'll, we'll say it. We'll make that same. So Lim, we're going gotta, out on. I don't know if you if you believe the commercialization of hip hop is good, then I think LL is on the forefront of that. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Bringing it into that next level, you know, kind of pop star thing. Got it into Whitey's hands. Just say it. Well, yeah, you know, he's crossing over, right? I guess that's that's part of what I'm talking about. You're on well, 14, I mean, I, 14 year old white girls' radar. Well, it's. It's like because I think someone like Madonna, I I think is great as a performer, right? I really appreciate what what she has done, what she can do. Even understanding that, like, I don't think that Madonna is like some kind of brilliant songwriter. I don't even think that she's that great of a singer. I appreciate what she. It's kind of the same thing with LL Cool J. I'm not thinking that like he's some innovator or he's some brilliant rapper or he has some technique that nobody ever did before. No, he found a way, though, to package and present it in a way that other people hadn't, in a way that, that in this case, brought a genre of music to a new level for, uh, for listeners. That, you know, po- he, his influence could possibly be, and I don't know how you would even rate this or, or rank it, but it could possibly be having a, a lasting effect of, of hip-hop's popularity over the the ensuing decades hip-hop could have been this fad like disco that popped up on the scene made some noise and disappeared like glam rock like grunge like so many other forms it's not that these things went away right we still have kind of grungy quote-unquote bands bands that are still doing that same kind of thing there's certainly a revival of 90s uh, sounding music lately but it's not like this enduring thing that has, like these bands have remained in the charts and you know our our household names like hip hop has done that and if we want to talk about influence i still think there's a strong case to be made for ll in in giving hip hop that advantage to to have that lasting influence and not just kind of fade into some kind of subculture. It has become the culture. Yes, it's just it's just funny to me because I think of like the the the, the hip hop heads I've known over the years. A lot of them, you know, look like a little bit older than me, like maybe five, six, seven years older than me. And he gets just left off a lot of lists, mm-hmm. or he gets, you know, people will you know start okay, they'll name all the, you know, the obligatory artist and then they'll start naming like okay what about so-and-so oh yeah yeah yeah, i forgot about him what about ll oh fuck yeah i mean how can i forget ll but i mean 
the one thing I, I almost all of them have said is like you can't. What did he really innovate? Did he innovate like pop friendly hip hop? And it's like okay, well if that's if that's his claim to fame, then why is someone like Ice T who pretty much single handedly invented gangster rap not in, but NWA is? Because you could make a very strong argument that NWA just took what Ice T did with Six in the Morning and Colors and all the and you know mm-hmm. Power and all those you know old songs and just added the quote unquote G funk twist to it. You know, hey, we're just gonna. We're, well, basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna sample George Clinton albums and rap over it. You know, right. well, that's 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 kind of a right. simplification, but Ice T's shit, like production wise, sounded like all the new Jack Swing shit. It was just about you know killing cops instead of finger banging someone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and Ice T was the first album, hip hop album. I remember clearly them having skits. The one I'm thinking of is. Hey man, you ever wonder what it sounded like if you just took a black and decker drill and drilled it to a motherfucker's head? And then there's just you hear this wee <laughs> and then you just hear like ten seconds of silence and he goes, probably sound like that. And then the next song starts. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I yeah, I mean he's got it I've I've gotten over the whole it's not the rock and roll hall of fame and it, thing anymore right so that doesn't bother me whatsoever and i mean public enemies in i think rightfully so mm-hmm. the bomb squad should be in just for their production alone but uh I, yeah eventually i can imagine he's gonna have to go in because we're starting to get into some lean years like we're we're not that far away from limp biscuits eligible let's say if corn shows up on this list i'm out that's what I'm saying. Corn's eligible. Corn's got to be eligible. Corn's going to be eligible next year. '94 was when their first album came out. Yeah, that's, that's true. We should enjoy these discussions now while we have them because ten years from now, it's going to be like, who gives a fuck about anyone on this list? We're going to be arguing the merits of either Smash Mouth or Sugar Ray in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Nickelback or Lincoln Park? I. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to come down on Smash Mouth on that one, I think. <laughs> Not that I'm a fan, but if you were to pick, come on, man. He's like, yeah, if I got to pick. All right, well, hopefully you don't think this show sounded like a drill getting, you know, into a motherfucker's head. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to transition out, all right? It's late, smoked a lot of joints. Uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, for some reason... More and more people are listening every week. I'm not complaining. It's not a complaint. So thanks for listening. If you're new, if you like it, tell a friend. That's how you can uh, help the numbers grow. We're on uh, Twitter at UnregimentedPod. You can always email us at Regimented at ChristopherMedia.net. New shows every Saturday. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, guys.
If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net and thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.